93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. I forgot to start the traffic. I know. And I was thinking <laughs> the whole time. Sorry. I'm like, he's going to go into traffic. Uh, today is Monday, March 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, some pre-K through second grade Philadelphia students will finally return to in-person learning this morning. After a mediation between the School District of Philadelphia and the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers, city officials announced last week that 53 schools have been approved to return to the classroom. The city said the goal is to have the return date for all pre-K to second grade hybrid learning students announced by March 22nd. So it's only 53 schools at this point. It's not all of the students. The mayor said that air purifiers will replace the window fans that have been installed in classrooms that did not have uh, adequate ventilation. Other safety measures put in place by the school district include mandatory mask wearing or, or other facial coverings, which will be provided to students and staff. Rapid testing for students and staff, new classroom setups and signage for physical distancing, touchless hand sanitizer stations, plexiglass partitions, maximum occupancy signs, enhanced cleaning protocols, and a COVID-19 testing program in place for students and staff. All these new plexiglass dividers are going to kill the spitball industry. Uh, seriously, especially in school, right? In school? Forget it. Where they make great targets. I mean, though, you yeah. can, you know... You got something to hit, and you can do a little you place. Can do that. That yeah. might be kind of fun. Mm. Good idea. Be a new way to uh, draw something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Families who selected all remote learning will remain remote, said Superintendent Dr. William Height. Parents of remote learner students, uh, learning students, will be able to change their selection to hybrid once all current hybrid students are back in the classroom. So they're taking this uh, in phases. The timeline for bringing back students in grades three through twelve will be communicated as additional schools are approved. The city said pre-K through second grade students had been set to return to the classroom on March 1st, but that was put on hold due to discussions over COVID-19 safety concerns. The district said $65 million has been invested in measures to keep virus transmission low. Hundreds of teachers have been getting vaccinated for the virus at CHOP. The district says getting a uh, vaccine is not mandatory for employees to come back to work. However, it is highly recommended. Yes. I'm sorry. I, no, I had okay. some breaking news to, to jump in with here. So there's a number of texts that are coming in that uh, Walt Whitman eastbound. There's a tractor trailer on fire. Oh, my Ooh. God. And so uh, standstill traffic for 10 minutes now going east. There's several texts that are coming in about that. So Ugh. if you need a uh, uh, to dig in and get some information on that. But just a heads up to people who are heading eastbound on the Walt. Uh, you may want to. Find another way if you can now if you're on your way there. So I'm sorry to break in. That's okay. Walt freaking Whitman, man. Yeah. (laughs) For Philip to you. Four Philadelphia men are now facing charges following an investigation into the illegal carrying, buying, and selling of ghost guns, Pennsylvania Attorney Josh Shapiro announced on Sunday. Ghost guns are fueling the gun violence epidemic that takes the lives of Pennsylvanians every single day. Once these DIY hand, uh, handmade gun kits are in the wrong hands, in mere hours they become untraceable, fully operational firearms causing so much senseless violence, said Shapiro. Najee Davis is being charged with six, six counts of illegal transfer of a firearm, one count of dealing with unlawful proceeds, one count of corrupt organization, and one count of conspiracy. Malaki Matthews is being charged with three counts of each violation on the Uniform Firearms Act. And then Montague Coker is being charged with three counts of the same violation of the Uniform Fires Act. Are, these, Act. are these made with uh, 3D printers? Is that what ghost guns are? Uh, no. There are no. other pieces of guns, I think, cobbled together. 
Yeah, so uh, hold on. Uh, Kenneth Manny is also being charged. Uh, he had some drug charges on there as well, some controlled substance, which is uh, suspected to be fentanyl. Um, so the arrests come as a result of two separate investigations following surveillance operations at the Morgantown gun show last month. As a result of these investigations, agents seized five fully assembled ghost guns, four 80% receiver kits, one 80% receiver, one Smith & Wesson revolver, extended magazines, and more than 1,000 rounds of ammunition. So ghost guns are fired arms that are assembled from kits and difficult to trace. So I guess it's like right. it's the different pieces like Steve said. But uh, the 3D thing is is a reality. You oh, can yeah, 3D print a gun. Yeah. That's scary, man. Well, and what's even scarier or part of what makes it so scary is that um, you don't need a background check to get these kits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so they're just able to go and, and buy them. So they did this at, at the Morgantown gun show and they were, were able to make the arrests because of it. Inmates at the Delaware County, uh, Delaware prisons will be able to receive visitors uh, later this month as coronavirus cases among inmates and the population at large continue to drop. So This, this is, is good news for me because I like to go just check in with the guys <laughs> and I haven't been able to do so for the longest time. The Delaware Department of Corrections I brought a bun cake, fellas! announced that in-person visits can resume starting March 16th. Those wishing to visit will be able to schedule appointments starting today. In-person visits were suspended in November as COVID-19 cases increased across the state and among inmates. The most recent report from the state uh, shows that Seven of its eight correctional facilities don't have an active coronavirus cases among the inmates. The Howard R. Young Correctional Institution in Wilmington reports one symptomatic inmate and two who are asymptomatic. In sports this morning. Was slow tonight, uh, was it? Well, no, it just—I'm like is a it couple me of or? buttons that I hit didn't work. Okay. Like this freaking Amco horn. <laughs> the hell! And when, even though there's a whole litany of sounds, when I don't hear something, like something didn't fire right. Right, dude. Yeah. I didn't even do. You guys didn't even pick up on it. I didn't even do the weather this morning. I just something uh-huh. is right off. To, yeah, you went okay. right Something's to me. Weird. Something's off. It was I got a text quick. messages and so on. They're saying <laughs> the this is not. Yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't even realize. No weather at all. Something you, weird going on. You know what it is? It's because you're young, you're wild. I'm free. Yeah. yeah. Free. In their first home game in front of fans in almost a year, the Flyers lost to the Washington Capitals 3-1 last night in South Philly. Joel Farabee put the Flyers on the board in the first period, but it ended up being the only puck the Flyers could get put, get past Caps goalie Ilya Samsonov. Carter Hart stopped 24 of 27. Samsonov turned away 36 of 37. The Flyers are at home again tomorrow night against the Buffalo Sabres, and the puck will drop at 7 o'clock. The Sixers, who are in the middle of the NBA's All-Star break, are off until Thursday when they'll travel to Chicago to play the Bulls. In last night's All-Star game, Team LeBron beat Team Durant 170-150 to 150 in a perfect 16-for-16 performance from the field. Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo won his first NBA All-Star Game Most Valuable Player Award. And yesterday afternoon, it was announced that Sixers teammates jo- uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were ruled out of the NBA All-Star game. The two had uh, came in contact with a Philadelphia barber who tested positive for the coronavirus. Embiid was on Team Durant while Simmons was on Team LeBron. New Orleans Pelican star Zion
Zion Williams took Embiid's place in the starting lineup for Team Durant. Both Embiid and Simmons have tested negative, though their status to play later this week is still uncertain. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, how about we get that weather forecast? Yeah, oh, it's a good one too. Yeah, you don't want to miss believe it. I missed that, man. All right, so sunny all day today. We're having nothing but sunshine, and uh, 47 is going to be our high. So it's a little bit, little bit better. And then comes the one. Dear God, what the hell is going on? I'm giving you your weather bed. Okay. Your weather music. Uh, sorry, that uh, I, I thought I made another mistake. And it just popped up out of nowhere. Scared you. All right, so the next couple of days of the warm-up you've been hearing about. Sunny, uh, tomorrow 62. Same thing on Wednesday. Thursday, 66. Friday, even warmer. We may get to like 68 degrees. <laughs> effing wonderful. Right on the edge of 70. I was looking at the extended, though. It is going to cool back off. Sure. And the 40s are going to be, uh, again, a thing of the, uh, of, you know, of reality for us. Of, but but we get this week oh, yeah. of full-on spring. It's outstanding. I'm rocking the shorts, and my wife and I have already planned a hike for Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Excellent. So it's coming up starting on uh, starting tomorrow. We'll start getting the really good weather. So uh, enjoy, friend. A uh, couple of things taking place. We have a new Word of the Week prize, and yet again, another $500 to give away. That is courtesy of T-Mobile 5G Fridays. So that's at the end of the show, but just giving you a fair warning on that. Don't miss out on the letters each day this week. Guest-wise, we have a gentleman named Connor Barwin on. Yeah. We haven't talked to Connor in a little while. Uh, he has Connor Barwin's yard sale. Can't wait to find out what that's all about. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'd be it's, interested. Yeah, now it's, it's really cool. Marissa, she alerted me to this last night, and, uh, I mean, he's selling all his stuff. All right. Yeah. What, what do you mean by his stuff? Like, like game-used helmets and okay, stuff so like that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, sports-related memorabilia. Awesome. So we'll talk to him around 9 o'clock. Uh, we have our friends Acme stopping by. We'll tell you about what that's all about later on. And uh, we're just getting it together and starting this work week in the fine fashion that we should. An extraordinary week. Yeah, let's take a break and come back in a second, and we'll get to the entertainment report and stupid question and all that good stuff. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hang in there. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24 karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order by 5 p.m. Eastern Time today with free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give some away. We're going to do a stupid question. We are going to give away a digital download of the comedic action thriller Pixie with Olivia Cook. And the question that I have for you this morning is, what is the name for March's full moon? 215-263-WMMR. As lucky as I saw a really gorgeous crescent moon right wow. above the horizon this morning. Looked huge. So we got a ways to go before we hit the full moon. What is that nickname for March? I didn't know each month had a nickname for Neither their full I. moons, but apparently that's, that's the case. Call now. Let's see if you know the answer. I'm going to go through some birthdays today. Uh, it is Monday, March 8th, and it is Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys' birthday today. Uh, he's 76. He's... 
spoke to him uh, not that long ago. He was great. He was excellent. And he's he's my favorite monkey. Yeah, me too. I like all the monkeys. Yeah. I think we all have our favorite monkey. But of of the vocals on the songs, yeah. I, I always dug his the most. He had a little... Great, great voice. A little oomph. He him. actually could drum. Yeah. Uh, but he... One thing that every... I think every member of that band did is that they had other artists that they loved at the time that they helped move along like yeah. when you realize that Jimi Hendrix opened for the monkeys yeah yep. yeah that's they they had that clout because yeah. uh, they were they were that popular uh Mickey is 76 today uh actress Cameron Mannheim uh is uh, 60 years old today so a big birthday for her uh the practice and uh she's been in a bunch of stuff at racer she, she also played in that was it scary movie 3 she played the um when they, in that Portion where they're dealing with the movie uh, Signs, okay. and uh, she plays the uh, the cop whose hat keeps getting bigger and bigger. Oh. <laughs> uh, so she's sixty today. Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, he was in a few scary movies or spoofs and stuff like that. I know what you did last summer, and yeah. I still know what you did last summer. And I think I know what you did the following summer, yeah. but I'm not really sure. Uh, he was also in the Scooby Doo movies. Uh, she's all that. Married to Sarah Michelle Geller, and they're yeah. still together. Still going strong. Yeah. So he is uh, forty five today. Uh, actor Aiden Quinn. Yeah. Always liked him. It's, uh, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Correct. Uh, Benny and June. Yeah. Legends of the Fall. He is 62. We, ever, we never had him in studio. I think we? we've... No, um, we've talked to him, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James Vanderbeek. Oh. Ah. Dawson of Dawson's Creek has a birthday today. I like him. Yeah, I do, too. I, I like the fact that in a number of projects, he's played James Vanderbeek. He's, he was himself in a series called The Bee in Apartment 3C. Right. Or whatever the hell it was. And he's, like, three other times he's played James Vanderbilt. Yeah, in, in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike yeah. Back at the end. Uh, him and uh, Jason Big. Schwartzman. Or <laughs> Jason Biggs. Jason Biggs, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's great. He calls uh, him a pie effer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pie effer. He's 44 today. Uh, Randy Meisner, who played bass and sang for not only the Eagles, but also the group Poco. He's great. Uh, he's the guy that sings Take It to the Limit. Yes. Uh, if you remember, really cool voice. And um, uh, he he had some, uh, if you watched the, the documentary, the really lengthy documentary about the Eagles, he was kind of put upon by those guys, and he couldn't take it anymore. He could not. Is he the one with uh, the very long hair? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He also sings, um, is he the one who sings I Can't Tell You Why? Uh, no, that is not Randy Meisner. Uh, in fact, we have a picture of Timothy yeah. B. Schmidt here on the, uh... Okay. Uh, that's Timothy B. Schmidt. Okay. Uh, who so was, that's I was, who was his replacement. Okay. Uh, but Randy Meisner had long hair, too. But, uh, Timothy B. Schmidt had, yeah, he had really long hair, yeah, so, right. yeah. Uh, then you have, uh, Gary Newman, last yes. birthday. Cars. The song Cars, correct. And, uh, and Cars. Yeah, okay. Now, he had a couple other mid-level That was, that was his main thing, but you yeah. know what he... Um, he kind of started to bring in that uh, that goth type look, and, and I remember yeah. seeing an interview with him on how they were doing. He was going to perform on a TV show, whatever it was, and at the last second, he decided to put on eyeliner, and I forgot the reason why, and it became a thing. His look, his, his android sort of androgynous. Yeah, yeah. He and now it, works for Hertz. Oh, he does yeah, really. Cool. <laughs> I mean, you're going to rent a car from Gary Newman, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I am. Uh, he turns uh, 63 years old. Today. What's with the eye makeup? That's my thing. Happy birthday. All right, let's see if we have an answer to the stupid question. What is the name of March's full moon? And we are going to go to Melissa, see if she knows the answer. Hey, Melissa, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, Melissa, what is the name of the full moon in March? It's called the worm moon. Yeah, worm. Yep. Yay! 
Don't know why. Because of the worms. Uh, but that is correct. Melissa, hang on. The spice worms present from Dune. We're going to give you a digital download of the comedic action thriller Pixie starring Olivia Cook and Cole Meany and Alec Baldwin. Pixie Hardy is on a path to avenge her mother's death and attempts a heist that will allow her to leave her small-town life behind. You can own it now on digital and on-demand, rated R, and uh, it's, it's uh, from Paramount Pictures. It's literally called the warm moon because the ground begins to thaw and worms start to appear. Oh, And so okay. robins show up and they eat the worms and spring returns and life is good. I love it. I all like right. all that sentiment. That's wonderful. All right, at the box office this weekend, number one was uh, Raya and the Last Dragon made $8.6 million. You saw it? You said you liked it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah it I want to see it. It's good. Lots of action in it. So. Is Aquafina playing the dragon? She is. All right. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, Tom and Jerry, second, followed by Chaos Walking, uh, Boogie, The Croods, and New Age. Uh, the Little Things was six, followed by Wonder Woman 1984, The Marksman, Judas and the Black Messiah, and rounding out the top ten was Monster Hunter. I watched uh, Tom and Jerry for a little bit. I What'd was you think? Uh, it wasn't bad. They just focused on the humans more than they should. I hate be. that. I yeah. hate that. Yeah. What'd you come there for? Yeah. yeah. I came here to watch uh, Cat, and, Cat mouse and Mouse fight. beat the piss out of each other. That's all I wanted. Well, we're going to start with the anticipated story of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry as they sat down with Oprah Winfrey for the much-anticipated, much-teased interview on uh, CBS. Anybody watch it? I did watch it. I watched it, yeah. Yeah. All right, what would you think? Well, Steve, okay, I went into it thinking, is this girl going to be genuine? What did you think? I thought exactly the same of Meghan Markle after as I did going in. And And so I think... I mean, she revealed a lot. If that, if what she says is true, that's going to be damning to the to the royal family. Nobody at the royal family in the royal family did not. There are people who told them what was coming up. They knew what was coming up. Uh, so again, but I mean, the fact that that's out in the open. I mean, she she talked about suicide. She talked about yeah. uh, race. You know, the the color of her child's skin. Like right. to me, I thought it was. I thought it was. Did you bad. find her authentic? Well, that's what I wasn't. Well, that's the question. I don't know. So, so I, I in other words, I, I, I can see that I can see that they. Uh, do I believe her? No. Do I not believe her? No. Right. That, okay. I, that's I, I, yeah. that's why I asked you because that's exactly how I yeah. felt. Like I, I look at her. And she's so pretty, and she, yeah. you know, uh, was very open about a lot of information. I'm like, wow. And then as it went on, I'm like, but is she? Telling the whole truth? And, I don't and know. And she actually makes the point in the thing, Preston, and they both make almost a point that also sort of undermines. There's no way to know unless you were there. And it's like what has been said about the crown in and of itself, the miniseries, mm. or the, the not the miniseries, but the series, is that we don't know what went on behind closed door and who's, who's saying what. I don't, nothing changed about the way I perceive them. I think go live your life, go be happy, and, and do the deal, and and um, that's that the royal family on. or that couple but specifically. Both. Move on. I mean, it reminded I, me oh, how good Oprah is at interviewing, yes. and and uh, Oprah is just so great at casual conversation, mm. and then asking really in depth questions and and getting some uh, truths or you know what what is the truth for Prince Harry and Meghan, and then getting back to making them feel comfortable again. She she weaves in and out of it so well, uh, better than most. I'll tell you what I watched it because we had talked about this interview for a while last week and. 
And yeah, it's interesting, but I think I watched it more so because I was like, I haven't seen Oprah interview somebody in a long time. Like, she was more... She's great. She pulled me in yeah. more so. And like Nick's exactly right. She's just a great interviewer. She also does the thing where they'll, they'll shoot like like 10 hours right. stuff, yeah. and which is great. But that, honestly, at that point, that's kind of the way to do it. After a while, it's like when you interrogate somebody and they finally break, you right. know? But she breaks them, you know, with her... Um, her compassion, and she offers them bread a lot because you know Oprah loves bread. No, but they, it, it's it's uh, the place they where they were pressed and was this serene backyard of one of their mutual friends. It's their house, and it's this it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you want to go through some of the? Clips? Yeah, we have a lot of clips. All right, let's go. Uh, Megan, I'm meeting the Queen for the first time. Harry and I are in the car, and he says, "Okay, well, my my grandmother's there, so you're going to meet her." I go, oh, great. I love grand. I loved my grandmother. I used to take care of my grandmother. This is great. He goes, right? Do you know how to curtsy? What? Now, I thought genuinely that that was what happens outside. I thought that was part of the fanfare. Or I didn't think that's what happens inside. And yeah. I said, but it's your grandmother. He goes, it's the queen. And that was really the first moment that the penny dropped. Mm-hmm. Yep. That stuff happens uh, all the time. You know, the funny thing is, and I recollect this, and, and hearing her talk uh, leading up well before they got married and when they were just dating, and she said a dream of hers was always to to marry a prince, and like so she, you know, and then she said Preston during, and we don't have it in the in the in the clips. It's not represented, but she said she really didn't do any research on Harry or the family or like she was. Yeah, did, did, I you, saw, did you believe that? She, no, how, how do you, no? How there's do you no not? way you don't know. You don't about, ask listen, your, I, your friends. Don't offer. I mean, that seemed hard to believe. That I found that yeah. very hard to believe. Yeah, uh, and you could tell throughout the interview who she like. She obviously with the queen had at least a decent relationship, yeah. or, or respected her, liked her, whatever it is. But then there was other people when she talked about him, and, and she spoke politically correct. I think about some people, but like uh, specifically Kate Middleton, but. There was no, oh, yes, we like each other. We're sister-in-laws, and we get right. along great. She said she was a good person. She right. said she was a very good person. Uh, here is uh, her speaking on um, that she got no protection from the family. Yeah. It was only once we were married and everything started to really worsen that I came to understand that not only was I not being protected, but that they were willing to lie to protect other members of the family but they weren't willing to tell the truth to protect me and my husband. Mm. So what... Uh, to elaborate on this, there were certain stories that would come out that the the press and the people who handle the information and the the media for the royal family would immediately jump in and just say, no, no, that didn't happen. And she felt they weren't doing that for things that she felt were exaggerated and ridiculous about her and Harry. Well, and the one was that uh, she made Kate Middleton cry. And what she said was it was actually opposite. Kate yeah. Middleton made her cry during the planning of uh, the wedding and that they didn't come out and say, hey, that's. That story's wrong, and they just let it be printed and, and told in wow. a way that made her look bad. I saw this a lot last night on social media and this morning as well, but a, a lot of comparisons to from Meghan to Diana. And, um, you know, Diana was a lot younger when she married into the royal family, hadn't right. really developed as a as an individual yet, and um, had a lot of similar problems. And so, I, listen, take the crown for what it is. I, I happen to believe it's pretty accurate. That's just my belief on it. Um, and I've seen interviews with Diana, you know, prior to her, her passing where a lot of those interviews were echoed in, you know, word for word verbatim in The Crown. Um, and I, it just seems like a really odd thing that the royal family continues to cover up and deny as much as they do. It, it, it seems like they're covering up and denying things that don't need to be covered up and denied. Well, you're also, you're, here's the thing. You're looking at, look at the complexity of the history of this monarchy that's gone on for centuries. 
And, um, you know, it, it's 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 not like, hey, how do we do this a new way? Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they've been doing shame. it this way for the longest time. All right, here's another clip uh, about uh, Meghan and Harry. Uh, we're told that they their, their son wouldn't receive any uh, protection, any security. But the idea of our son not being safe and also the idea of the first member of color in this family not being titled in the same way that other grandchildren would be when you're the grandchild of the monarch so when harry's dad becomes king automatically archie and our next baby would become prince or princess or whatever they're going to be Hmm. so out of all the things the thing like i you you can say okay um they said this no we didn't say that it would be provable to say okay were they denied did were were they denying protection for her great grandson, the Queen's great grandson? Um, yes. So so if that's the case, to me, that was the one thing that I said that well, that seems absurd, regardless of whether or not you're part of the 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 machinations of the family, the royal family, and what they do, or if you res- you've rescinded your your uh, your daily requirements on behalf of the crown, or wh- however it works out, that's still a high it's risk. Safe. That's a high risk target the kids mm-hmm. are at risk sure. so it seems, you wouldn't want to suspend that regardless yeah. it seemed bizarre too because they they would still receive protection so really the the kid would get protection well, right until it's old th- enough to leave its parents can you even fathom that prince charles who's who would be responsible and was responsible for paying for all that out of that that was part of his job is to pay and make sure that they're covered and security wise do you think he would not provide security for his grandson I don't know. I mean, that was a big it part seems, of the interview, too. Yeah, I mean, she spoke a lot about it. All right. Here's uh, the conversation on uh, their concerns about how dark-complected Archie would right. be. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And... There is a conversation. Hold up. Hold up. There's several, right con- there several conversations There's a conversation it. with you... With Harry. About how dark your baby is going to be? Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. Ooh. Did Harry comment on any of this stuff? He uh, he uh, said that it had happened. And, okay. And, he, and I think that... I think that was the part of the interview where he wasn't there, though. Uh, there was no, a part... Later on, he comes uh, towards the end. Right, but I, when, when Oprah was asking right, that I, particular yeah. question, it was, th- just, it was just one-on-one. It was Megan and Oprah. In He's in the background playing with a hacky sack, Preston. Well, it was, it was yeah. a nice lawn. <laughs> He was bored. This is great. Uh, that's pretty wild. So here's what happens with that: by not saying the name or not specifying, yeah. you're basically saying it's worse. It's worse. It's worse. It's than wor- you think, yeah. Well, it's well, no, it's it's worse. I don't know what you mean. Hang it's on. worse in saying uh, it's not one. In, so who could it be? Is it everybody? Everyone is a suspect. In other words, you could have had someone who is a subordinate, mid-level part of the family you know, talking to them about that is the impact the same if it's the queen who asked it. It was pretty interesting, it's though. All, it, would, it would be, it's absolutely terrible, no matter in what no iteration. Matter what, but if but it was who, a lower level. who yeah. is cast with that? I know what you mean. And and when she described um, the royal family and the actual family and then the staff, right. you know, like like she said, it's a business and um, there's HR, you know, there's, there's yeah. business aspects to it. So to me, that was something I never thought about. I never thought of it 
as a business, but it is. Right. They're a business too. Everyone who has a public, it's all yeah. part of the deal, and everyone has to manage. But there's a uh, at with the the royal family. There's a business structure, a huge yeah. structure around uh, you know jobs and and people who are underneath others and and departments. Exactly. And Every yeah. government in the world yeah. is a business. It yeah. all works. It's the same thing. You you know you lay out the charts and you see if you're making money and. It's all part of the same deal. But she was part of the family, not necessarily the business. And she described needing some mental health and and reaching out to the HR and saying, can you help me? And them saying, you're not a paid employee. We can't help you. Was there talking about having suicidal thoughts? So here we go. Look, I was really ashamed to say it at the time and ashamed to have to admit it to Harry, especially because I know how much loss he suffered. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I didn't say it, that I would do it, and I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. So were you thinking of harming yourself? Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes. This was very, very clear. Hmm. And at what point was that? Does it, does she indicate? She was when? pregnant, and, oh, okay. and they were coming. Now, if, what they did do, Preston, is throughout a lot is they're, they're putting up, you know how vicious the British tabloids oh are. Yeah. So they're saying things that are, I mean, you're seeing headlines that are horrible. Right. Like on an overt, horrible level. Right. You'd have to be made of stone to right. not be nicked by that a little bit. And yeah. then when you're running on hormones and emotions while you're pregnant, yeah, I could totally. see where that would levy a whole bunch of damage against you. They did side-by-side headlines of when Kate Middleton was pregnant and when Meghan Markle was pregnant, and it was like the same thing. It was like, Kate Middleton has avocado to, you know, help growth of baby. And then, you know, for Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. you know, there's a water shortage and that's what's used to grow avocado or like something like that. Like there... it was just, it was the exact same thing and she was being put down because of it. I do recall though, there was a grace period where they were very the, oh the, the the TV star and the and the and the, and the prince and it was it, it was so there are people and I was trying to get as wide a view on this last night as possible as I was doing watching and reading different things. There was a point at which that switch flipped. Now it's always going to flip at some point because that's what they do. They're they're the piranha, the press. And they, they started going after. But there was a grace period where they were, for okay. example, she talked about the trip she took with the queen that day. And they, the press was enamored of her. They were glowing. that the, yeah. oh, and, In fact, Preston, the notion that was put out at that point is that the queen favored Meghan Markle over, over uh, Kate. Right. And, you know, the, so all those dynamics. Here's the bitch of it. Here's the thing that drives me crazy about all of this crap. The, the, the press will set up a, a, a dynamic. That sort of, in a way, creates the dynamic, and then they report on the result of the dynamic that they created. That they created. <laughs> and so in the end, the press wins. Because we're talking about it. Well, yeah. yeah. And they, they create the dialogue, they create the dynamic, and then they reinforce that, and it sells. And people watch it's it. It's called circular reporting. Yeah. All right, we have two more clips to play, and then i got some other things we got to move on to. This is Megan as she uh, tried to get some help, told she could not get some help. So this is probably what you were talking okay. about, Kathy. Here we go. I went to the institution. And I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help. I said that I've never felt this way before, and I need to go somewhere. And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. So the institution is never a person, or is it a series of people? No, it's a person. It's a, a person. It's several people, but I went to one of the most senior people to, to, 
to get help. So she was looking for outside assistance, uh, counseling, can I, whatever. Can I get maybe. To, yeah, and because yeah. of how it might look, why? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. Okay. That, that they didn't want to have that. And then I, at I, some point, uh, what, what were you going to say, Steve? Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is the last clip. Uh, Prince Charles stopped taking Harry's calls for his brief, own for son. a brief period. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. Your dad stopped taking your calls. Why did he stop taking your calls? Because I took matters in, by that point, I took matters into my own hands. It was like, I need to do this for my family. This is not a surprise to anybody. It's really sad that it's got to this point. But I've got to do something for my own mental health, for my wife's, and for for Archie's as well, because I could see where this was headed. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious at what he was going to weigh in on in the whole thing. So he supported her. He, uh, he... Uh, he, uh, both he and uh, William were obviously devastated by the loss of their mother. They saw it play out in real time. A mother hounded by paparazzi and hounded by the press and saw what it could do and how it could end up e- ending up in disaster in a tunnel in Paris uh, and outside of Paris. And so here, here's what, you know, they're, they're dealing with and they bring that. Now, they each process it in a different way. Again, I say at the beginning of it and from the end of it, I don't feel any different about them. And I, I feel that there's probably stories all the way around and there's some people who would like rush to Megan's defense who are actors and actresses and other people who say the family is, you know, they're, they're, they were, they were beaten up. And then other people who say this is, you know, that this is a travesty that are, that I believe in, in the crown and understand that there are family squabbles and things of that nature. And there are things where it can get testy, but that it's a bit of a betrayal. So they're, they're, they're both, they're two sides. And, and the one truth of the matter is we will never categorically know. Well, I'd love to hear the other side. I wish there was someone else who would sit down with Oprah yeah. too and give their but side. But they don't. Well, they, no, don't. they don't. The, the queen needs to actually just show up, invite her in. They need to sit down and have some Weight Watchers together. And... Yeah. I think the bottom line is these two felt that this was the best course of action for themselves and they decided to yeah. do it. Have it. And, and, and you're right about him, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, Harry seeing, uh, or William, uh, seeing their mother die. Yeah. And that, look, it, it ain't worth it. Forget yeah. it. We're out. You know, And that's there the call go. he made, yeah. Okay. All right, I do have a couple of other stories. Now enough! To get to. Enough of that. Enough of that crap! Uh, We're not even British! Let's get, uh, let's get uh, a freak out story. Uh, Entourage story. Freak out! Uh, Kevin Connolly threw a fit over his Tesla being towed. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The manager of the flower store that his car was parked at banned him following his tantrum. I think this is, I think the flower store was right to do this if you read this story. Connolly used the parking space when he was recording podcasts. Like, I guess he would do this regularly. All the time, and they had put warning. They they spoke to him, and they left notes on his car. Time and time again. Warning him not to use it. And when the car was towed, he stormed into the store and started yelling at staff members and kicked over items (laughs) near the door. And he had his uh, his baby seat with him, Preston, the one that he actually sits in when he drives. Aww. Yeah, because he's a little fella. He's a tiny guy. Uh, yeah. It's not your buddy's shop, is it, Case? What's it called? That I don't know. Nick's going to have is to find the, that the out. The pedal workshop? Um, because Doesn't say. That would be great because we could get him on the line. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, Nikolai Bergman's Flower and Design. So Where's your manager? Him. That would not be it. Where is um, he? This was uh, sad news to see. British satirist Tony Hendra who starred in This Is Spinal Tap as Ian Faith, the manager of the band, uh, died. He was 79 years old. Tony Hendra was one of the foundational people with the National Lampoon. That's correct. I mean, I used to love the stuff he'd write for the National Lampoon. Former editor of National Lampoon and Spy Magazines as well. Uh, He died Thursday in Yonkers. Uh, His cause of death was uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. That's terrible news. 
Uh, he was first diagnosed with the disease in 2019. Uh, he was born in England, but he lived over half his life in the United States up until his death. So freaking funny. Uh, in the early 60s, he had performed with the uh, Cambridge Footlights, a theatrical group, along with John Cleese and Graham Chapman, of course, who went on to run Monty, Monty Python. Python. Yeah. Um, and alongside fellow comedian Nick Hewlett, Hendra took the United States duo Open for Lenny Bruce. They were frequent guests on the Ed Sullivan Show and the Merv Griffin Show. I mean, some of the greatest moments of this is Spinal Tap is his commentary on the girlfriend getting involved with managing the band. <laughs> yes, and how he refers to her. Um, so he became the managing editor of National Lampoon. He also helped turn the publication into a franchise with books and albums, leading to National Lampoon's Lemmings, which became an off-Broadway hit, starring. Chevy Chase, John Belushi, and Christopher Guest. Mm-hmm. And in the 1984 films, this is Spinal Tap. Hendra played the role of the metal band's manager, Ian Faith. He also served as the last editor-in-chief of Spy Magazine, which folded in 1994 before it was brought back to life. So uh, he had a huge influence in the comedy, uh, in the world of comedy. He would also, Saturday Night Live would not have had a cast had yeah. he not assembled those people. Yeah, so that's sad news. Uh, let's see what else I have here for you. Speaking of comedy, Eddie Murphy says he's going to return to stand-up post-COVID. Uh, he told Kevin Hart on his podcast, Comedy Gold Mines, uh, on my plan was to do uh, Dolomite Is My Name, Saturday Night Live, uh, Coming to America, and then do stand-up. And then the pandemic hit, and it shut down the whole S. Uh, he added that when the pandemic is over and it's safe for everybody to go out and do it, then the plan is to do it. So he wants to do stand-up. So I watched Coming to America over the uh, over the weekend, and I thought it was cute. It was, you know, nice, kind of like a nostalgic look back. It wasn't, it didn't sully the memory of the original, but it wasn't what I would call all that necessary, but it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, there are moments where you see that Eddie thing that you probably would love to see on stage again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's cool. Okay. Uh, Nicholas Cage got married again. Fifth oh. time, right? Yeah. He oh. married uh, Rico Shibata last month. At, Rico Shibata! Uh, the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas. Were you Dr. Mike? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Mike, yeah. Uh, it's the groom's fifth time down the aisle, as Steve had said. And he had said in a statement, it's true, and we are very happy. Yeah. Uh, they got hitched on February 16th in a small ceremony, a date chosen to honor the birthday of Cage's late father. Uh, he wore a Tom Ford tux, and Shibata wore a handmade bridal kimono. Uh, they mm-hmm. exchanged Catholic and Shinto vows, and including it did include a reading of Walt Whitman poetry and Japanese haiku in the ceremony. She's a Japanese national, right? She's she's actually from Japan, is she I not? I believe so. Uh, if you look at this picture, Preston, and he is wearing a tuxedo, does he not look like Lurch from the Adams family? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, one of Cage's ex-wives, uh, Alice Kim, celebrated with a pair. Uh, and By throwing eggs at them. Along with Cal, the 57-year-old uh, Cage and Kim's son. Uh, he met uh, Rico in Shiga, Japan, after breaking up with his most recent wife, uh, Erica Koiki, whom he was married to for four days in 2019. Didn't she freak oh, out on days. him, that uh, Koiki? Uh, there, there was a big, there was a sort of a big altercation, wasn't was there? there? I don't remember. Yeah. He's uh, always involved in some sort of weird thing. He was the one who was strangling Vince Neal because Vince Neal was trying to strangle a woman outside a Vegas casino. By the way, keep this in mind. Rico, at 26 years old, is four years younger than Cage's oldest son, Weston. Oh, okay. Younger mm. than his oldest child. <laughs> I wow. don't know. 
I don't know. I uh, there's nothing. <laughs> I, I I can't fathom. In fact, it gives me a migraine to think of why this girl. Uh, you know, Nicholas Cage. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is her first marriage. He was previously married to... It won't be her last. Uh, ...to Kim Koike, Patricia Arquette from 95 to 2001, and Lisa Marie Presley from 2002 to 2004. I wow. like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Wow. Not, maybe you're not meant for marriage. Mm, maybe not. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson paid tribute to his father while receiving the Trailblazer Award from the Hollywood Critics Association at the fourth annual virtual HCA Film Awards on Friday night. He also focused on the content of people's character instead of what's in their bank account. He said, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account or what kind of car you drive. That S doesn't matter. It's just how you make people feel. What matters is investments. Of his father, Rocky Johnson, the WWE Hall of Famer who died in January uh, last year, age 75, he said, that guy was a trailblazer. As complicated as our relationship was, father and son, tough love, tough love. He was a trailblazer because what trailblazers do is change people's behavior, and he did everything he could to send people home happy. If the depiction of his dad uh, in this sitcom that he does about him as a child is is fairly um, accurate, it, the the dad he, listen, he was a wrestling superstar. I and, never knew him, yeah, but and, I, I got and, in a little bit later, right? But but he but you'd have to have that kind of over the top character. But yeah. he he loved him, and it, he used the word complicated. It clearly was. Preston, yeah, Nick, complicated to me means you you had a tough time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nick pulled up a picture of uh, the Rock, and he has made on on social media his cheat days like epic uh, because he is so rigid with his uh, eating and right, workout yeah. schedule. That his cheat days, he makes them count. I he mean, he town like six thousand calorie cheat days. It's <laughs> well, ridiculous. You know, wherever he goes on a movie set, they actually bring in it's a, it's an eighteen wheeler. It's a full truck that has his gym inside of it. Wow, I his believe own that. Women, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's see what else I have here for you. So the um, the Critics' Choice Awards I mentioned. The Rock. Do you want to know about any other winners? No one cares. Okay. Yeah. Good. However, I, I don't either. There is a sweet bit of audio from. <laughs> no one cares. I don't either. I mean, if we're going to be honest, yeah. Just uh, checking. I agree. <laughs> Screw it. Uh, there was an eight-year-old kid, Preston, who just <laughs> the most emotional um, acceptance speech from a kid who's eight. But kind of put it in context. Uh, the kid is Alan Kim, and he won. I forget the name of the movie he won an award from. It's a critical favorite. And uh, he won for best performance by a child, but the kid just gets overwrought. He's so blown away. All right, here we go. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to thank the critics who voted and my family, Isaac, Christina, Doug. Oh my goodness, I cried. Just brought in for the movie Minari, which is a, a, a big critical hit. So it's a, I think it's a South Korean. Well, film. that's sweet. All right, we're going to slip uh, stick with the audio clips because we have the clips. Tomorrow. Oh, 
Parents Allison and Carlos decide to give their kids 24 hours where they make the rules in Yes Day. And in this clip, star Edgar Ramirez talks about what the concept means to him. Here we go. It's all about time and focus. That's what a Yes Day is about. It's about, you know, undivided attention and focus to the people that you love, which is a uh, uh, a beautiful and, 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 and an extremely valuable gift that you can give to the people that you care most. Uh, yes, Day premieres on uh, Netflix this Friday, by the way. Here's the next clip for it. A group of four adventurers pay a visit to Sukum Hills, a town in the remote Appalachian Mountains, which was abandoned decades ago due to a mysterious coal mine fire in the Devil Below. And in this clip, director Bradley Parker discusses what it was like to write the characters for this particular film. This was sort of a, uh, a wide broadcast of characters coming at things from different points of view. And hopefully everybody who watches this film feels like there might be one character that they sort of identify with to some degree, and the others are just making terrible decisions. The other thing is just to take all those expectations and flip them on their head. And I think that's that's a fun thing to do with these characters, too. The Devil Below. The Devil Below is available now on all video on demand platforms. Mm. There you go. That's what we got. Your Woo. entertainment report for the day. Uh, we're going to take a break because we got some stuff to get to. Our buddy Connor Barwin is checking in. He has got Connor Barwin's yard sale, all <laughs> kinds of stuff that you might be interested in purchasing for your collection at home. We'll get the details from him a little bit later on. We have, to, uh, have a little bit of an announcement on the way today, yes. too. Stay put. We'll be right back. Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, I want to see if anybody was uh, was at the Flyers game yesterday. Played the Caps. Yeah. Not a great game. No. Uh, but still, want to see what it was like to be back at a sporting event. I was looking at some footage of people uh, going in, and as you would imagine, as you can imagine, they were beaming. Uh, two one five two six three WMMR. As you can imagine, if you were at the game, wouldn't mind hearing just what what it was like, what it felt like, what you saw, how it was different than the the yeah. regular season uh, or a normal season, I should say. I didn't go. I did watch it on TV last night, and uh, it was really uh, fun and funny and interesting. It, it sucked that they lost, obviously, but uh, there was a moment in the first period. And listen, I don't like blaming uh, refs for games. Um, but last night there were some terrible calls, and in uh, the first period, Travis Konechny got called for goaltender interference. It was a really bad call. It wasn't his fault. He got bumped into the goalie, and they whistled him and gave him two minutes. And to hear, uh, A, the boos, the natural boos, the right. not, not pumped-in <laughs> boos, but real boos from real Flyers fans, and then the organ player started playing the little tune, and the uh, Flyers fans responded with, hey, ref, you suck. <laughs> to hear that was a nice reminder of uh, normalcy and reality. And it was no just, kidding. it was really a touching moment, yeah, to see that the actual Flyers fans were actually in the seats last night. I did not see it. How did it look on I screen? Thought it, I thought it looked great. And listen, uh, I'm not quite there yet. I haven't been vaccinated yet. I think post-vaccination, I'll feel a little more comfortable doing indoor events. I don't know if it's weird or not, but I think I'd no, be more comfortable going to, well, I was going to say I was, I'd be more comfortable going to a Phil's game at this point, uh, sitting outside. But the way that they've spaced it out, uh, it looked like everybody was respecting the rules. Uh, you, you can't eat food outside of your seat. You know, everybody was wearing a mask. So it seems like they're managing it really well. Right. And, and they're spaced out well, too. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get a couple calls. Just get a vibe for it. I'm going to go to uh, Kevin. Yo, Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Hey, bud. So, uh, number one, you a season ticket holder? Yes, sir. Okay, and uh, how was it? How, how did it feel? Uh, you know, it felt like a normal game. You know, just finally a little bit of normalcy coming back to life. That's, That's awesome. How, how, how are your seats? 
Uh, we were, you know, middle, uh, second level, you know, center ice. So I got to see everything. So. Very cool. And yeah. how did you get your tickets? Uh, you know, we were just lucky enough to be able to get them through the uh, the edge card program. You know, we were prioritized and let us get our tickets. Okay. And do they have um, they have vendors walking around or anything like that, or was it uh, different? Uh, it was different. A lot of, like, Lorenzo's is closed up. You know, there's no cold beer here, guys, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. It's okay. warm beer. Uh, nothing but it's warm beer. Europe, European warm beer. Pipe and hot beer. Pipe and hot beer. All right, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. I'm going to go to some other calls as well. Let me go to, uh, is this Marin? Is that your name? It's uh, Lauren. Oh, Hello. Lauren. All right, we have it spelled differently here. Hey, Lauren, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. So, uh, back, you went to the game, and uh, tell yeah. us about it. I was, I mean, again, aside from the loss, which sucks, it was absolutely incredible to be back. The uh, energy in the stands was amazing. Um, and I think they did an amazing job really kind of spacing everybody out. Um, but, I mean, you can't beat finally being back at the, at the stadium. No, like, yeah. There's nothing better. Lauren, when, uh, say, like, um, if you got there ahead of time watching the uh, the pregame skate and everything, um, did yeah. you notice a, a, a difference on the on the guys' faces? Could you see it in them that they were they were happy to have people back in the stands? Did they react in any way? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were super excited. You could tell that they were feeding off of us. I mean, they were <laughs> listening to everyone yell, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Lauren, I, I would guess that one of the uh, benefits of only 3,000 people in attendance is uh, the parking lot at the end of the night. It's probably oh. a little quicker getting out. Oh, my God. There was no line to get out. <laughs> That's <laughs> Not good. Not at all. I didn't I, even think of that. Yeah, because that... My least favorite part of the entire night. That's, That's why I always leave early. Yeah. I, I mean, I oh, hate... I, yeah, I usually leave early. Yeah, and I mean, if I, I love the Goldberg's episode about you know the the he, the, the dad always wanting to leave early and they, they miss some of the greatest plays in history. But mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, quick question. Yeah. Um, you know, do you prefer a, 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 a um, the arena jam packed just because of the of the vibe, or do you think you could occasionally get used to this kind of level of attendance? I. I mean, there's nothing like having it jam packed. Yeah, there was. There's something about being able to actually have a lot of space around you. <laughs> you can stretch out. You yes, know, super closed in. <laughs> you know why, Lauren? I though they, they had just instituted that. They, and Preston, we had just had a a um, sorority party mm -hmm. at that level where that's exactly what that's designed. Well, for. they have this. They have this top <clears> level. Yeah, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's this uh, yeah. lounge of sorts, and and it's inexpensive. It's all the way up the top, but it's so good. You have room to stretch out, and uh, it's it's definitely cool. I know what you're saying, Lauren. You're like, yeah. I could get used to this. <laughs> yeah. um, you can kick your feet back, actually. You put your feet up on the seat in front of you. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I get it. But when they score and you've got everybody yeah. together going crazy, that's pretty damn special. Oh, yeah. There's, there's nothing better than that. I'm hoping maybe it can be a little more people by the time, fingers crossed, we make it to the playoffs. Yes. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Appreciate the heads yeah. up. All right. We'll go <laughs> next to uh, one more call. I have Steve on the line. Hi. Steve, good morning. Where'd you get the hat, Kenny? Yeah, that's right. Tell us about the game. Uh, so, how was it, man? It was honestly, it was awesome. It was, um, it was like a mix between an NHL game and a minor league game. Okay, but the the one thing that was really cool was like everything that's normally there was still there. Like over my left hand shoulder was the drunk guy screaming at the top. <laughs> and then, 
Oddly enough, you guys are talking about uh, no, no, uh, no, no trouble leaving the stadium. Three minutes left in the game. The guy at the end of the row for me still left early. Like I couldn't believe that. I looked at my phone. I was like, "Why are you like, leaving?" Yeah. What, what do you What do you think you're going to anticipate on the way out? Uh, to the point of, and Preston raised earlier about about uh, vendors or people wandering around. Were there any vendors of any kind, or did you did you have to go to set specific areas to get any sort of concession stuff? So you had to go to the set specific areas, and it was it was weird because the Pennsylvania rules, I guess, are still in effect. So I went to grab a beer and a water, and we also had to buy food. So I was like, take a beer and a water. No, you need to buy a hot dog or nachos huh. with your beer and your water. So wow. Uh, what do you think the odds are that they're going to try to port that into the regular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to buy food if you're going to buy a beer. What? Yeah. Uh, interesting. All right. Thanks, Steve, man. Appreciate it. All right. See you, man. Uh, we actually went to a, a semi-event um, of sorts this weekend, which was kind of neat. There's uh, my, my son is in this uh, extracurricular group called the Academic, and they had a it's it's an uh, academic um, competition team. Uh, so they take these tests at these at these uh, competitions, and so they had a competition early in the day on Saturday, and as a post-event kind of celebration, uh, their teacher, who's the, the head of Academic. Uh, rented out this entire theater for us. Oh, nice. And so it was only like 20 people. We get the whole theater, so everybody's spread out, and you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, being too close and yes, being nice. contaminated by right, each yeah. other. And we watched um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Wow. Which I haven't sat down and watched from beginning to end yeah. in ages, and it was a blast. That's it was awesome. a great time. This is really cool... Um, uh, brand new theater in Souderton called The Broad, which I had never been to. It's Single or multiplex? Uh, multi, yeah. but uh, smaller theaters. Yes. And you can you can rent out the whole theater and it. play video games. We, we played uh, the Jackbox games uh, before the movie started up on the big screen on our phones, which okay. is awesome. So um, there are, the theaters are starting, like even in New York, which has been a real holdout, they've started to open up the theaters and, and uh, people, you know, people are going back. I mean, you start, where you're starting to get... Uh, last Friday, you had multiple movies opening, and we had an actual box office that started to skew the right way. Like, for example, the Disney film um, was was a, th- a wide release. Right, so, and the last Dragon, right, yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're 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 uh, we're starting to get there. I yeah, hope so. and and as long as uh, as long as as things remain safe for the time being, and they 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 follow the science and watch everything, and 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 slowly open it up the way it's supposed to be, I'm cool with it. You know, we we. Uh, we felt very safe and, and comfortable. Everybody was uh, was following the rules, and, and I just can't wait to get back to my one o'clock matinees where there's nobody in the theater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Steve, I took a walk with my my son and my dad around Wayne yesterday. It was really nice being outside, and uh, even though it was a little chilly, it was sunny. And I, we walked past the Wayne Theater right on, on yeah. thirty, and it's closed. It's been there's a poster hanging up for uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame, and uh, into the multiverse. You know, so it's been closed for a long time, maybe even prior to the pandemic. And I'm hoping that maybe they take sort of a, a approach like this one, Preston, the Broad, or the one in Bryn Mawr. It's the Bryn Mawr Film Institute or right, whatever. Right. They could they could redo it. It's a great theater. It just needs an update. And I'm just, you know, I miss it. I miss having those options. Right I, now. I miss that. I miss, again, the jobs that are associated with it and all that stuff. Well, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll be great to start to see that happen again. Yeah. I was I was happy to be in that environment. You have once any idea more. what it It's cost? been over a year. Uh, to rent the whole theater, not yeah. that much, like one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, great. yeah. It, it depends on how many people you have. Because I asked him if you, if you, it's for twenty five people. If you have over that, then it's ten dollars per person okay. after that. So that way you you don't have like a giant movie screening, but you can get a few people and do it. I'm like, dude, that sounds maybe we could do that. Very doable. Yeah, we uh, talked about it early on, but now you know, 
We're lazy. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see if we can get something together <laughs> we, uh, as things. Yeah, as we forgot. We just restrictions. Rem- we remembered we were lazy. <laughs> Loosen up a little bit. Do that. Hey, Steve, what do you think about liquid bandages? They suck. <laughs> Hang on a second. They Before stink! we got into the break, Steve said he had an observation about liquid oh. bandages. Okay. I just thought I would ask. I have been waiting. Random question. To try my liquid, uh, what is it? What, liquid skin is the, the technical name for it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says, get the liquid bandages. I'm not even familiar with this. What so, is- to me, it smells like crazy glue. But everyone says... You get a cut. It's the quick way. It'll stop the bleeding. It's great. It's better than bandages. Oh, come on. Awesome. I bought, like, a, on Amazon, I think I bought 44,000 of them. <laughs> wow. So, so um, this is different. There's something up in here that's a little bit different. What I have is more of, like, a, a liquid in a, uh, almost like a um, model, uh, like, you know. The, model glue. Right, where, yep. you, where you have the, the brush. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Right. I, I have that. Right. So. I get the cut. I get a cut on my arm. I scrape it along a piece of wood, and, and I put the liquid bandage on it. Yeah. Well, what happens is is your disgusting wound is now immortalized in a in a um in an encased r- liquid rubber. Wait, did you clean it? I did. Oh, okay. But it's still it's still a disgusting wound. And I'm like, god damn it, I can't this is not diminishing at all. It's not the is it side, still bleeding? This, now, no, it's shrunk now. It looks much better now because I used a little thing. Guys heard of a Band-Aid! <laughs> and so uh, I, I took the, getting that liquid glue off. Every time I tried to clean my arm because it felt like <laughs> rubber cement, it would reopen the wounds in the arm. Is it called New Skin? Is that the product liquid name? Skin it's is called the, liquid is Skin? It's called Liquid Skin? Yeah. Right. I, and have, I have the liquid Band-Aid, but I think it's only, well, at least for me, like paper cuts and little things like that. Like not like a... A big wound. I mean, well, not what, that yours is. I'm looking at yours. Yours, yeah. I think, would have been okay with the liquid. Well, well, it, it never actually healed. It was hermetically sealed under that crap, and you, it never actually healed until I put the Band-Aid on it. Well, hang on a second. Are you supposed to remove it from time to time? Well, at a certain point, I like to clean the the. the, the yeah, but you don't have to. It's covered over. It's protected. Yeah, but still, I wash my arm. I, I mean, there's there's parts of it that were like... It's not doing anything. Like I, I didn't want to keep that scab as a keepsake. I didn't, you know. I never want to lose you, my yeah, but friend. I'm, I'm wondering if it's you're supposed to leave it on until it just till death, until it falls off, till until my arm falls off, no, until, until it comes off. Yeah, yeah no. But like a band aid, it's not going to heal if it's not open to the air. And that was my thing. It's like there it was. It was like a beautiful little. It was like a, a moment caught in time that will never leave me. My arm wound. And once I put the band aid on, day and a half, it was fine. <laughs> It's supposed to kill germs, too. That's kind of like unfair, It killed though. my will to live. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when somebody needs to get the pickle jar lid off, yeah. right? And you uh, you really did loosen it, right? So, like, maybe the liquid Band-Aid did do a bulk of the job, but the Band-Aid you put on afterwards got all the credit. I, well, here's the deal. <laughs> I just wonder how long we're expected to keep that on because there was no change Everything looked exactly as it was after I cleaned it off and put the. You the, put Neosporin on. It yes, first? I did. Okay. Well, how long? How long was it on? About a year. <laughs> no, it seemed like about a year, but it was it was far longer than any band aid. I saw a band aid band aid on your arm last week, and that's when it that's when it took a turn for the better. Did okay. you read the the instructions? On I did, it? and and it didn't indicate how long you're supposed to leave it on. It said till you die. <laughs> no, it, it, I, I I forget exactly what it said, but it was it was a little but cleaning. After a certain point, you want to clean that residual stuff off your arm, but it's basically like crazy glue on your arm. Right. 
Right. I, I mean, Preston, it smells like crazy glue. Okay. So it, it, my assumption is that's what it is. Uh, we got Mario who wants to uh, chime in on this. Mario, good morning. Well, as you could imagine. Yes. <laughs> uh, as you can imagine. What's up, buddy? Hey, so check it out. When I was a kid, uh, a buddy of mine, I was riding his bike, and he had sweet pedals on there to keep grip on your feet. So I did a bunny hop, missed the pedal, and the pedal slid up my shin. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. And left some pretty deep gouges. And, you know, your shin, you don't have a lot of skin there. Um, and because I had hair on my legs, I didn't want to use a Band-Aid. So I legit had to drip this liquid skin in the the wound, so to speak, to seal it so it would, you know, quit bleeding and such. But I legit could not do anything to that until it was healed. And I started noticing that it would black off a little bit, um, like as it was healing, you know what I mean? So when it cracked off, did it start bleeding again? No, it, it only cracked off around the skin, and then as as I started noticing it was loosening up around the wound was when it was, like, kind of scabby, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I had to leave it on there for, for quite a bit, though, Steve. Yeah, so that that was my thing. I'm like, how how long? Because, listen, when I had I had the, the prostate surgery years ago, they, they, used, they glued the, the, yeah. the incisions, which were small. They glued them shut, and then yeah. the glue eventually fell off after about, like, a, a week. Yeah, and, I'm in the trade, so we use crazy glue all the time. If I get a cut on my hand, I, I will put crazy glue in it and hold the skin shut. And yeah. it does the same thing. My wife's a nurse. And she, you know, she kind of compares it to the, the medical grade stuff, which clearly is, is obviously different. But, okay. um, you know, it does the same same premise. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all right. Thanks, Mario. But, hey, I appreciate you guys. You guys are great. Take care, oh, buddy. You. Here's a text that says, I do blumming, uh, blumming. <laughs> That's take, one of those days, bro. <laughs> yeah. It takes his vitamins. Uh, it says, I do plumbing with PVC. Hands get cut all the time. And so I use pipe cleaner to clean the cut. And then I use as a bandage, I use the glue as a bandage at least once a day. Burns like a bitch. Jesus. Uh, That's, so. That sounds like your dad's method of. <laughs> Medical care. Yeah, there's another one that says new skin and, and liquid bandage are typically intended for cuts like paper cuts or small abrasions They aren't uh, that aren't deep and aren't still producing well, that, fluid. It the, says, the, have you ever had a paper cut? Every time you touch something, it spreads, it opens, it hurts. New skin is perfect for that because it creates that extra layer so it won't split open every time. Well, then I used it improperly, but uh, they, I, I wasn't specified because I had a bigger cut. And I thought, okay, well, this is perfect. I got a paper cut. I was so mad. Uh, I was walking down the hall here. And, and so if you're walking down and you walk right past Connor's workstation. There's a huge piece of paper at the end. Well, there is a <clears throat> a, a picture frame that the picture's coming out of. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I went to go just kind of push it into the frame ever oh, so no. slightly. <laughs> I was like, I was so mad because I just... It, I was like, oh, here, let me just push that. Ow! And I, I gave myself a giant paper cut on the tip of my mother effing finger. I was like, screw it. I'm just going to let everything look like crap around here. I'm going to let that thing We, we can't have nice things. We can't have, well, yes. Because yes. you get paper cuts when you try and do something around well, the, here. Like the other day, I shaved my head and my face perfectly. Like yes. no cuts, no nothing. Yeah. And as I'm taking the razor 
and putting it into the drawer, I happened to move it past my my face <laughs> and laterally it. cut my chin. <laughs> I was like, I you so sliced it. That happened. I was done. Perfect score. <laughs> you were done shaving yourself, and then you cut your putting it into the drawer. Casey, were you bleeding after? I was totally bleeding I after. That, man. I was like. And it was like, well, I did it on purpose. Do you know what I mean? It was like I was walking past this stupid thing. I go, here, let me just cut my finger real quick. <laughs> and it was the day, and I thought maybe I had done something wrong and God was punishing me because the day before that. You ran over someone. No, I was walking and I just was walking. I, I wasn't hopping over anything. And I just rolled my ankle yeah. just out of nowhere. I'm just walking down the hall. And then my ankle was like, no. And you're, uh, you've been you're, walking you're, you're, too much. You've been you're, wa- you're getting cocky. Yes. <laughs> and so the, after the paper cut, I had I stopped for a second. I go, like, did I do something wrong? Do I need to? Do I need to go to confession? God, <laughs> are you mad at me? <laughs> Wait, you honestly consider that because you rolled your ankle? It, it, I rolled my ankle, and then I gave myself a paper cut. It's been two weeks since my last confession. <laughs> I got a paper cut and rolled my ankle. Listen, get out, get out now. There's not a whole lot of stuff that I that I wholeheartedly 100% believe in, but from time to time I go, hmm, maybe karma is real. Yeah. You know? That you did something yeah. to deserve this, <laughs> this pain. Yeah. I had, going back to the cuts for a second, I, I had a pretty, from a couple of weeks ago, I had one that was, that really bothered me, and sometimes the, the it's the littlest ones. It's virtually always the littlest ones. That can be a real pain mm. in the ass. So I was, I was peeling an, an apple with a, with a, you know, a vegetable peeler. Yeah. We got a brand new one, sharp as a <laughs> mother effer. And so I'm thinking yeah. about, you know, I'm start peeling this with the, uh, with the force that I would normally with our other older, yeah. more duller one, and it just slid right through it, boom, right into my index finger, and sliced it. And mm. I'm like, son of a bitch, man! And they bleed like crazy. Oh they do. It's the nature of that type of wound—a paper cut, a knife slice that where. And and what happens is though, you're you're there for a couple of seconds looking to see. Yeah, yeah, is it coming? And then the line starts yep. to fill in, and you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. But it had taken a while for this one to heal. It's finally, uh, it is pretty amazing to watch the body do its job, though. If, if you look at it at a small wound over time as it heals, it's pretty impressive. I always find that, like, if I'm clipping my nails and I overclip or, you know, that those at the corner of the nail. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Wow. Why? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. That's where I got my paper cut. It was like basically right where the tip of the finger meets the nail. Yeah. Like perfect spot. Where the finger meets the nail, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember uh, when you were a kid, Bactine? Oh, Bactine. We had it. I still have it. You still have Bactine? Yeah. Listen. Yeah, you'd spray it on the. Yeah. Well, because my mom lives with me, okay? We still have Bactine. Uh, do you remember Absorbine Jr. by any chance? No. Yes, I, I do. Okay. Absorbine Jr. What yeah. is it? Absolutely. It's like a Bactine thing, I guess, okay. it, but it's got like one of those little balls at the top of the bottle yeah. that you you know you shake it up and the ball gets wet and then you rub the ball on your it's, finger. It was to yeah, keep yeah. your balls wet. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like a, like a roll-on yes. yeah. uh, type thing. But, Bactine. Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid having a cut or whatever it may be when it when it came to that moment when the parents need to disinfect it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. you do now. Screaming. Yeah. Hissy fit. No, no, no. Get. I mean, because that was worse than the cut itself. 
was when they were going to put alcohol or bactine or part hydrogen peroxide, peroxide or whatever it might be. At least hydrogen peroxide was cool because it had like it a fizz up thing. Yeah. Like, oh, the most, one science. of the painful things I ever had when I was a kid was I had done something to my finger. I don't know what it is. I had injured it and I'd put a Band-Aid on. I left it on. I left it on too long, whatever. And underneath, it started to get infected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. my finger was mangled and my mom had to put this stuff on it. I don't know what it was, but it was excruciatingly painful, man. And did they I'll never lie to you forget that. And tell you it's not going to hurt. It, it, it I don't hurt. remember. I was so young. I was preschool. I was pre-K, but but they may have, Kathy. You know, I remember being hurt. like I remember being oh, lied lie. to. It, it's not going to hurt. Not, and I won't do that she, to Jace he, because he, he will never trust me again. You, yeah. you just got lied, lied to. You just got lied to. You had a procedure mm-hmm. that they said was not going to be painful. It, I was just going to And then the like... woman followed up at the end and said, it's just going to feel like you're on fire. For two hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. You're going to blow on it afterwards, so it'll, all the pain will go away. Once, yeah. you, once you blow on it, it disappears, the pain. When um, when we talk about things like this and paper cuts and rolling your ankles or whatever... Um, uh, if if uh, what do tough guys in con, like construction sites think of us? Oh, they, oh they know we're pussies and they're right. 100%. But, but I mean, but the, listen, they they do acclamation. Hey, they've been there too. Man. Yeah, do, yeah. do they do they just tough it out when they were kids? It just happened so much. Like chefs, dude, they cut themselves, they burn themselves right. all the time. What about electricians? They can, they can reach into freaking frying, you know, hot oil and pick stuff up. So. My electrician, yeah, electrician puts puts a live. Yeah. Open cable in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) My buddy Bill got his foot run over by a backhoe. He was back to work the next day. No, I'm kidding. Actually, he was out of work for like months. But you got us. Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. You have something else? I did. I wanted to. Oh, so uh, I don't think when I was a kid that tweezers were invented yet. Either that or my parents didn't want to invest the money because every time. I had something. (laughs) I called it a tweezer. Because anytime we got a splinter, and we got more splinters than my kids ever got. But well, uh, I'm older than you, and we had, we had tweezers. A needle? <laughs> a needle! Yeah. A needle? Well, yep. did, now, mm-hmm. did they put the needle over a flame to disinfect it? Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not Usually. I don't remember. They <laughs> but just... they, wouldn't, they wouldn't stick it on me hot, though. But, but yeah, I do remember a needle. Yeah, trying to get, man, splinters. <laughs> it's a bitch uh, getting those things out. And as a kid, I had moments where it was... Yeah, not a. And happy by the boy. way, the, the the old argument that it'll it'll grow out, it'll it'll push out. Yes, it will. I can't wait. It hurts now. <laughs> All right, uh, here I think this is the thing that my parents put on my finger because I remember the color. I'm going to go to James. Hi, James. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up, bud? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, the back, when back team came around, that was for the the, the light of heart, the faint of heart, because yeah. back in the day it was iodine, the red stuff. Yeah. Thing. Remember, I mean, putting that stuff on and. I mean, it even looked like it even looked bad. Like it yeah. looked like a blood stain. I, I, I think yeah. it might have been that because I remember a reddish color when they, make your eyes tear when when they yeah. uh, when they put it on. And my God, James, did it hurt? <laughs> yeah, you really dreaded getting uh, getting it disinfected. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, that buddy. Team was, that team was easy. Yeah. Did, did you guys see the movie, the documentary about Adventure Park? Uh, yeah, Action, action, action park. park. Yeah, yeah. You, you keep <laughs> class the, action the, park. Class action park. There, so they they would slide down. You know that thing was sort of their alpine yeah, run, yeah. where you'd sit in the thing and slide down. It's made of concrete, <laughs> so virtually every other person who would go down that would get an incredibly bad burn because they'd that barely. That is the fall exact up. ride that I got hurt on when I was right. there. That so, was it. So Kathy, they would take them to a place they called the shed. 
and I kid you not, in the documentary, they, they talk about it. They had drawn a circle on the ground, and you would stand there, and they would spray you with the disinfectant. Yeah. And you would get a prize if you didn't run screaming out of the circle <laughs> because it was so painful. But hydrogen peroxide, that, that disinfects, right? That gets the job done, but that doesn't sting. Well, it it doesn't. Uh, so there's something. I always get confused about hydrogen peroxide's purpose because I, have no idea. I don't think it disinfects, Casey. I don't think it's good for cleaning wounds. I use neosporin. I think, I think you got to go with alcohol or soap and water yeah. is what, what is I hear. What is peroxide for? Kath, I don't know. <laughs> well, I actually had to rinse my mouth with it the other day when I was at the dentist. It's like yeah. a, a COVID thing now. I've but, had to do uh, that, too. So it does something. Yeah. By the way, my mom has been doing that since I was a kid. Rinsing your mouth out with uh, hydrogen peroxide? <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, when you God. said naughty words? <laughs> no, uh, not me, herself. Uh, oh. It's used as an oxidizer, a bleaching agent, and an antiseptic. An antiseptic, okay. So you can use it to I guess so. Yeah. I've been told then, uh, from time to time that, no, you need to use this and not, not I just remember peroxide. always having, like, it was like, get the alcohol. There's no more alcohol left. Okay, get the peroxide. But, Steve, it, it wouldn't hurt. That no, was the thing about no, it didn't. It, 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 it bubbled. Would, it looked bubble cool. Fizz, yeah, but, yeah, but it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't yeah. sting. Alcohol is just flat out. <laughs> ow. That's all. The you know, you know what I do that. too as a kid, and my mother's like, <laughs> I stick my finger into the container, <laughs> like, like no. <laughs> what about getting water out of your ears? Remember putting the uh, um, peroxide in there. Yeah. yeah. And then it would like bubble and you'd be like, okay, and it would draw it out. That was the greatest feeling. That's like, uh-huh. oh, that was what, that, when you were a I kid, that's as close to pre-sex. Yes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> the warm water. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Uh, let me go to Justin. Hi, Justin. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, it. Hey, good, good morning, morning it. What's up, buddy? So I used to work in a diner when I was 15, and I was learning how to cook, and, she, you know, we had the sharp knives, and so... My buddy had called my name as I was cutting down on celery, and I cut the tip of my pinky off. Oh, dear God. And okay. So the lady that owned it named Helen, she's like a seven-year-old Polish lady. She tells me to stop acting like a baby. It's only going to hurt for a second, and then takes the container of salt and just starts dumping it right on the open wound <laughs> to clot the blood, and I never screamed so loud like a little girl. She just poured straight-up table salt on your wound. Regular iodized salt you would put on your, you know, mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. they call it rubbing salt yeah. in the wound for yeah, a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaking hurts, salt, man. I use salt. I, every time I get deep cuts, I actually use salt now because it literally stops it within seconds. Wow. So, okay. I switch to salt from liquid skin. Never considered yeah. that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, a number of texts coming in concerning peroxide that, yes, it is good for cleaning the wound, but what you can't do is continue to use it. Repeatedly using it will hinder the healing process. Oh, okay. All right. So I did not know that. I never knew that. <laughs> all right. We have a construction worker, Nick, on the line. Uh, hi, Nick. Good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Good. So I work construction probably about six, seven years now. And just to let you guys know, when we hear you guys twist your ankle or get little cuts, <laughs> we don't feel any different. It's just the way it's life. Get yes. Used to it. It, it, it's, it, it's all part of the deal. What's the worst injury you've ever had on a site? Uh... I've been lucky so far. I probably I got hit with two twenty, uh, two hundred twenty pounds. Oh my okay, god! Okay, is, is that worse than a paper cut? <laughs> <laughs> a little worse than that. Yeah, uh, but the after god. effects aren't as bad. <laughs> right. So wow. what'd you do? Put uh, hydrogen peroxide on that? Yeah, something like that. I just drank it. <laughs> <laughs> Rub a little you dirt on it. You with it. All right. Yeah, so the funniest part though, when I got shocked, I remember uh, my helper. He's not really used to electricity yet, like that. 
So I remember looking up, and he's staring down at me. I'm like, oh, I should have pretended I was dead. Just to mess with him. <laughs> wow. You have to. Right, there is something, all, you have to. something about getting that electric shock, and the, the sensation that comes to my mind is a, is a, it feels cold initially for some reason. When mm. when you get a shock, and you and you... Because you have to put two and two together. I don't what's experience happening? it enough yeah. to know what's happening. Yeah. But when I do, the thing that first comes to mind is there's like a cold pain, if that makes sense. It's just, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is what is the toughest thing you've ever done? Meaning, uh, what kind of injury did you sustain, but you kept on going on? I got my uh, foot clamped down by a... Um, Madonna song. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That was not what I was going to say. Uh, no, by a forklift. I worked. Oh. Uh, I worked landscaping, and uh, the we were taking stuff off of a truck uh, and and loading it into uh, you know one of the places where we needed. It was you know, tree pallets and whatever. And the the forklift, um, the tine of the forklift came down. I think it's called a tine because that's what yeah. they call them on actual forks. Uh, <laughs> came down on my foot and kept coming down. It's a kablipper. It's not a kablipper. And and I uh, did it break hurt. anything? It did or? not. But okay. I remember the the hydraulics on the forklift continuing to come Ooh. down, and my foot was in between the forklift and the truck bed itself. Nothing broke, nothing snapped. But um, I I continued to work that day. I consider right. that to be like a tough day. I remember that at one time a forklift was driving at about twenty five miles an hour, and the tine went right through my chest. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Yeah, and you just wow. kept working. And I and I, I did. Uh, I took an ex- I took a longer than normal lunch. Okay, sure. use a liquid yeah. band aid. Yeah, That's smart. I don't have any stories. You got nothing? I broke my wrist playing baseball, uh, and I continued to play, and I went two for three with a broken wrist. I think you do, Preston. You have a story where you were uh, you were accused of taking shrag from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing a, a gig one night uh, in, in the band, and, and uh, my, uh, I'd gotten blisters so bad in my hands that they were bleeding, uh, and I just kept playing, finished the gig, so... <laughs> Yeah. I, I finished a baseball the way game. The sounded the people who I know, like, I know. S- snapped their femur and yeah. happened. I, 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 I told you, I didn't have much of a story. To I went through with the gig even though they didn't send out my apps. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 um... I just don't have any I kept on yeah. going stories. Yeah, no, no, generally, if I broke stops. my arm or something, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, when you I'm slid done. down the railing and broke mm. both your wrists, you didn't get up. I and, didn't go back up yeah. and go for it again. <laughs> my mm. nail polish chipped, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, know. I got clocked in the oh, head with someone taking a ba- batting practice and swung. Uh, whoa. Yeah, arched back. The bat hit me square in the middle of the head. I had like a... Uh, and that's in the old day where, ah, walk, okay, walk it off. How do you feel? Like, you know, and I completed the game. Yeah. All right. We have uh, we got a break, but I want to go to this one last call here because Paul is a pharmacist and explain everything that we're getting wrong. He All says right. here. Hey, Paul, good morning. <laughs> this isn't going to be quick. First time, long time. Last time, first time. Excellent. <laughs> you got it all covered. What's up, buddy? Okay, so first of all, you know when you get little cuts in your fingers, like in the winter, some people get split fingers and everything? Yeah. Liquid Band-Aid, New Skin, whatever you want to call it, is fantastic for that. You put layer on it, you put more layers on it, more layers on it, and they just disappear. The red thing that used to sting that they put on you was mercurochrome. That was mercurochrome. That's it, yeah. It had mercury in it, so they had to take it off the market. Oh, Oh, that's not good for your skin. Okay. (laughs) Peroxide in the water, in the ear, does nothing for water. It bubbles up in your ear and breaks up the wax that's good for an earache caused by wax. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Good to know. And then I was. So, what are leeches for? <laughs> uh, well, and they I, suck blood. But anyway. yeah, yeah. I was reading this that that uh, essentially hydrogen peroxide and rubbing alcohol can do the same thing, but it takes it. Uh, hydrogen peroxide is more effective if you leave it on the surface for longer. 
alcohol does it a little more quickly. And rubbing alcohol, if you put it in the ear, that helps to dry up uh, water. If you really, know. because alcohol okay. in general okay. dries quickly. Yes. Rubbing up. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. And, and one more thing. Yeah. You guys rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks for clearing all that up. Uh, Press, I just got a message from my friend Tommy, who was playing golf this weekend, and his buddy hit him in the head with a golf ball. He sent me wow. that picture. I'll, sh- I'll send it to Marissa. It's on the back of his skull. It's, he got <laughs> nailed right directly. He's got a big old huge bruise Seven right iron. on the back of his head. Ouch. Uh, he wanted to keep playing, but his friends were like, no, we're going to the hospital. Uh, yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyhow, thanks. And uh, Steve says that the uh, uh, the new skin bunch sucks. Of bunch but of but I, I've he learned that maybe I wasn't using it right for the proper uh, yeah. proper wound. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we have a little announcement to make, my friend, and we'll get into some bizarre file stories. Always some good stuff from the weekend, so stay put. We'll be right back. Connor Barwin coming up later on, too. Want to see something funny? Uh, Or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. You know what I want to go ahead and do is uh, make this announcement right now. Let's do it. Yep, we are happy to do this. Uh, we have a an area right adjacent to our studio. It's our special VIP lounge, and it's where uh, guests can wait. We haven't seen anybody there in over a year. Yeah, uh, but so hoping, we wait there. <laughs> hoping to fill that up soon, but uh, we do all kinds of activities in that particular lounge, and we are excited that we have a new sponsor of that in particular. This is so good. One of the finest organizations we know. It is now going to be known as the Acme Lounge. Yeah! So, Acme, maker of the world's finest chocolate chip cookies. Uh, we want to thank Acme for continuing to sponsor the Preston and Steve show, which is very important. It may not sound like much to you, but to us, it's huge. It is a big, big deal. It helps us do what we do for a living. Sponsorships are how radio makes money, and we can't do it. So, we're excited to welcome Acme on board as our partnering sponsor. Of the lounge. It is the Acme Lounge. It's perfect. Honestly, and you're right, President. It does mean so much. And the fact that we had such a wonderful camp out for hunger, of which Acme was such an integral part of its success. This is wonderful. It's yep. great. Uh, and it's where usually our meat and eat food is served up. And if we have guests are going to be in the studio, if you happen to be visiting, it's where you would spend time. And uh, we want to thank Acme, the official grocery store of the Preston and Steve Show, now sponsor of the Acme Lounge. And so much so, they've given us some stuff to give away. I have a $50 Acme Market gift card for caller number 14 awesome. at 215-263-WMMR. We'll have a few more to give away through the course of the morning. They brought a big spread of food out here as well, so uh, it's great. It's a wonderful relationship we have with them. So caller 14, you get it. And don't forget, when you play the Monopoly game at Acme, every ticket wins and offer a prize or tokens, no purchase necessary. Uh, and you can download the app to play. See the rules at shopplaywin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. So uh, give us a call right now. And from here on out, the Acme Lounge is what it will be known as. All right, we're going to do the Bizarre Files. So here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. And you can schedule their full service program 
and get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. We'll start with this story. A 27-year-old Indian man suffered a terrible crash on his motorcycle last weekend and was taken to a private hospital in a critical condition. He was placed on a ventilator in the hospital, but soon after, doctors pronounced him dead. They removed him from the ventilator. When the family uh, was then transferring his uh, body to a nearby government hospital, uh, they were there to have a a post-mortem examination done. In what must have been an incredible scenario, as doctors were about to cut the man's corpse open, the man's relatives told local media that apparently a pathologist noticed the man's body move. The examining doctor said, as per the request of his family members, we visited the hospital and found that he was shaking his hands and legs. When we examined him again thoroughly, we found he was alive. Now he has been admitted for uh, to a private hospital for further treatment. He, he gave a statement, Preston. <laughs> uh, a health official who stated that the private uh, hospital, by removing the man from the ventilator without him really being dead, had exercised, quote, bad judgment and that, and we gave him a talking to i gotta tell you and he had been admitted immediately to another hospital where his condition did is i rep- tell you he had my sandwich out of the refrigerator his condition is reported as improving wow so, it's miraculous yeah, yeah uh footage has emerged of an irish parish priest getting into an almighty technological mix-up during a live stream mass as friar pat of the burtonport parish in uh county donegal Began his opening blessing on Wednesday morning. A rap song suddenly started booming over the speaker system. That's cool. Friar Pat played the faux pas off brilliantly, though, with enough style and grace to warrant a career in hip-hop. After three or four seconds, he managed to turn the music off, and then he simply chuckled at the sudden change of pace, and he said, uh, Black the Ripper, a wee bit of rap in the morning wakes you up, he said. Black the Ripper? Uh, Black the oh. Ripper, it says. Oh, okay. So. Uh, and before turning his attention back to the opening blessing, uh, the pair's Facebook page later shared the footage of the mishap, and it understandably sent social media into a bit of a frenzy. But he had some fun with it. I think it was his own personal music that, that no, he listens well, that's to. Wild. Yeah. An Australian athlete broke a world record when he ran a marathon in 16 hours and 12 minutes. Now, it seems like a long time. It does seem a lot. Well, he was pulling a 1.6-ton truck while he was doing it. Holy hell. Yeah. Corey Philpott uh, pulled the 3,300-pound Ford Ranger truck for a distance of 26.2 miles through Jameson Park in New South Wales to take the new world record title, for the world's strongest marathon. Had he, so he had intended to do it. It wasn't like the truck hit him and he just kept running. No. Phil Potts' time of 16 hours and 12 minutes was enough to beat the previous record of 17 hours, which was held by U.S. athlete Justin True. He said, I've got no injuries. I feel great. I'll go for a run tomorrow. Uh, Phil Potts said he wanted to pull a truck because he was inspired by Ross Edgley, the British man who set the original World's Strongest Marathon title. Could you while, imagine While that? pulling a truck in 2016, he finished with a time of 19 hours and 36 minutes. So, no. No. But uh, that's what they're going for. All right. Listen to this guy. A Missouri pastor is on leave after delivering a sermon telling women to lose weight and submit to the sexual desires of their husbands to keep them from straying. And it goes into detail, too. I, I, yeah, I was so... He has some interesting takes on things. Uh, Pastor Stuart Allen Clark took a leave of absence Tuesday from the First General Baptist after widespread criticism of his sexist sermon. 
Uh, besides weight loss and sex, Clark told wives to wear makeup, dress nicely, choose appropriate hairstyles, and appear less butch. Get some uh, breast implants if you can, you know. Make them babies look good for your man. Although the church in southeastern Missouri deleted videos from its website, a recording of the sermon appears on Facebook. And, and give moral on demand. So you can hear him saying, now look, I'm not saying every woman can be the epic trophy wife of all time like Melania Trump. I'm saying that, uh, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, most women can't be trophy wise, but you know, maybe you're a participation trophy. <laughs> Clark said, wow. as, as a photo of the former first lady had appeared on the screens, he said, I don't know, but all I can say is not everybody looks like that. Amen. Not everybody looks like that, but you don't need to look like a butch either. <laughs> first General Baptist released a statement I wonder Monday, if he ran that by anyone before he hit the pulpit. Saying Clark's sermon was not consistent with the positions and values of the organization. Listen, even if you're a pig. Doesn't matter. You can still find love. They posted, General Baptists believe that every woman was created in the image of God, and they should be valued for that reason. Uh, Reagan Williams, who posted the video on the sermon, blasted Clark's message in a Facebook post. God. Clark includes one Bible verse in the sermon, which he told husbands in the congregation to display on the headboard of their beds. (laughs) He said, the wife has no longer all the rights over her body, but shares them with her husband, he said, quoting the verse. He said, so whenever she's not in the mood, dig out your Bible. Is this dude married? Uh, I don't know. Clark only briefly mentioned the second part of the verse, which says in the same way the husband does not have the authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. So it's fair play. According to Clark's church, he is now seeking professional counseling. (laughs) He had also a few other uh, quotes from Clark's sermon were, why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Why is that? Why do they do that? He also, and this guy's no prize. He also said, men have a need for their women to look like women. Sweatpants don't cut it all the time. Wearing flip-flops and pajamas to Walmart. That Show some leg. That ain't going to work. Ain't nothing attractive about that. It ain't. And men want their wives to look good at home and in public. Can I get an amen, he says. And Steve, you said he's no prize. I know, but that's the thing. I know. That's, I that's know. the whole yeah, yeah, thing yeah. behind this. He's I don't want to work. Charge. You have to. He also said, ladies, it's the way God made us. It's the way we are. Men are going to look. He made made us look. You want them to be looking at you. Don't let yourself go, he said. Are you going to lose that man? He said, let me tell you something. I have a friend. He has put a divorce weight on his wife. That's how important oh this is, he says. A divorce weight. You he hasn't I'm going to weigh you every Friday, and oh, if you were at that weight, God. I'm filing for divorce. And then one more, he says, listen, ladies, we are not lust monsters. We're not that lust monster that chases you around the bed every night. We can't help ourselves. God made us this way. He made us this way. Listen, can I tell you this, he says. This may never pass your mind when you're saying I do, but I'm going to tell you it does his. It's the main reason he married you. Oh, my God. It's the main reason he married yeah. you. Oh and that didn't God. go over well. They let this dude run that thing. Wow. wow. All right, and there you go. That's okay. a bizarre file. Happy International Women's Day. Totally. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Connor Barman will be joining us in a little while. He is auctioning off some of his uh, sports items, and I'm interested to hear what all he is putting on the dock. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. You know what I hate? Disappointing my mom. You buy your mother roses, and a week later, they're dead and forgotten. What if you can get a long stem rose that would last forever? Go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and see my famous roses lavishly dipped in 24-karat pure gold in exclusive colors. The only rose guaranteed to last a lifetime. They start at $59. Order by 5 p.m. Eastern Time today with free shipping and have it arrive by Mother's Day. Only at IHateStevenSinger.com. Did you know you can earn rewards just by shopping at Acme? Download the Acme mobile app and redeem your reward points for discounts on gas at participating Exxon mobile stations or for free groceries. Plus, get personalized deals and digital coupons that are just for you. Download the Acme app or visit acmemarkets.com to sign up and save. Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. And the official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have a last second. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get some stuff organized here. I can bring down the music. Um, uh, a last second uh, guess that we're going to talk to. So we we talked to these gentlemen when they when they did their um, attempt or actual completion of this particular event, and now they've been certified yeah. by Guinness World Records, the longest throw and catch of a hot dog sauce sausage into a bun is the official wording of it. Right. And so now they've been uh, certified. So we have our friend Matt who is on the line. Matt. Yeah! Yo, Matt. Are you there? Record record holders. Yes. <laughs> hey, congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. When did this, uh, when did you guys get the official certificate? So I actually got word back in February, um, but what I wanted to do, we actually saved the hot dog and the bun from the official attempt. So we had the record-breaking hot dog and bun, and I cast them in resin so they would live in for, you know, for <laughs> Yes! We are looking at your Instagram page. He's got a video of it in case. That's awesome. Uh, permanently. Yeah, so I wanted, yeah, so I wanted to surprise my brother. Um, I wanted to keep bun for myself since I caught him the bun and he threw the hot dog so I wanted to make this big plaque with the certificate and our pictures and the hot dog and bun um, so I actually found out in February and went to uh, order the certificate and they actually spelled our names wrong oh, <laughs> so, can you get so that we had to get, corrected yeah, right yeah yeah so we had to get back in touch with them that took a couple weeks and then it ships out of the UK so that took another like two weeks or so so I got the uh, the certificates um, on Friday, my brother came over Saturday, and then yeah, presented him with the plaque, and and it was great. That's awesome, dude. So, by the way, it's uh, Matt and Ian McMillan, uh, or McKellen, I'm sorry, and uh, no, it is McMillan. McMillan, yeah. yeah I want to make yep. sure I read that right. Uh, and and Matt, was it you or your brother that would you? One of you was wearing a Preston and Steve shirt when you did this, right? Yeah, that yeah, that was my brother. Okay, and of course, there was a hot dog costume on top yeah. of that but uh, we were represented in that world record uh absolutely and Matt, for context for our listeners we've had you on the show a number of times in the past but uh you were not your average listener what was that for um that was for yeah that was for uh i took sounds that my um my baby son made for a year and then kind of morphed them That's into right. Uh yeah, <laughs> thunderstruck. The songs, yeah, thunderstruck. yeah, it's yeah. great stuff. I think we have. Do we have some of that audio case? Do we? Do we have any of that? 
And then you, uh, you've been to Camp know. Out for Hunger, and uh, you've just been, you've been sort of an um, ostensible part of the show in a, a number of ways for a long time. Yeah, I like to think of myself as the friend of the show. You yeah, are you a friend are. of the show. <laughs> you are. And we're look, I'm looking at this plaque you had made up uh, with, with the uh, certification and the uh, resin-encased hot dog uh, yep. bun, at least, and your brother and you jumping up, giving each other a high-five in hot dog outfits. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I have to ask the question. Are you going to eyeball any other world records and start to go after some of these that can be achieved? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I've had my eye on a few. There's one uh, popping 200 balloons with a nail in the in the quickest amount of time. <laughs> okay. uh, the, current, the current record is uh, 14.79 seconds. I think I could do it a little faster. So that might be the next one that I that I try out. There are many, and there there are people who are smart, you know, uh, enough to go looking for those. Uh, I, I I don't want to call them the low hanging fruit records, but sure. they're 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 ones that are achievable by neophytes who can sort of jump in and, and you know get get up to speed on it and there's and and I, I does does Guinness shy of anything that would cause harm to someone else will they deny any record if you have the proper in other words it, it, besides the very fact that okay the balloon and the nail somebody came up with that if you were to you know you you propose a record I assume they review it and if it's everything seems legit they're going to include it correct yeah, so for new records, you can actually propose a new record, and, you know, there has to be certain guidelines, and if they deem it, you know, something that's worthy, they'll verify everything. Uh, but for existing records, yeah, there's like two full pages of these guidelines, and you have to have video evidence, and you have to have two witnesses, and we had to have a land surveyor come out and make sure the ground was flat, so there's a ton of different, you know, Wow. Guidelines that have to go into okay, okay, a little bit more uh, yeah. elaborate than originally assumed. So why not do yeah. this on like a football field where the actual feet and, and yards are actually measured out, and it's and it's easier to uh, measure, really? Yeah. So we wanted to. Um, we were actually originally trying to do it at Abington High School because that's where we went to school. But the there's permits and stuff you have to get to to use the stadium, and there was just a lot of red tape. So. Um, what they and we figured also a football field is almost guaranteed to be completely flat. But regardless of where you do it, you have to have that land surveyor. They have to be certified and they have to do the official measurement. Isn't it amazing um, that on the very same field you can throw the pigskin, you cannot throw a hot dog? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it wow. seems to be ridiculous. Well, that is cool, dude. We're happy for you guys. It's all official, one hundred percent. And uh, congratulations. Hope you can. It's hopefully, awesome. you can hang on to this record for a long time, man. I hope so. That's cool. And let us know what else you have planned in the future. We'd love to support it. Will do. All Thank right. You. Thanks. All right. Matt McMillan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Nick, is this his uh, Instagram page that we're looking at? It is, yeah. He's a great follow. He really, uh, some very creative and funny videos. Matt Mac makes stuff. Uh, Matt, Matt Mac, M-A-T-T-M-A-C, makes stuff. And uh, he's just, he's great. He's, he's really fun, and uh, it's cool that he listens to the he show. He does a lot of visual tricks yeah. uh, with the camera, which is impressive. We're looking at some of this stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so that's cool, man. Good for those guys. Nice. Uh, you know what? It, in the the, uh, the hot dog that you got encased in resin, Yeah, there's some things I've always wanted to do that with. To encase things in resin? Yeah. Like what? You know, just use use liquid skin. That seals up everything <laughs> right, for right. eternity. <laughs> no, I have this. Uh, I when, when I when I met and interviewed Paul McCartney, I had a, um, it wasn't a laminate, but you know one of those uh, passes that you can uh, put on your, like your leg, your yes. jeans, yeah. or something uh-huh. like that. It's just a sticker, essentially, right. that's yes. kind of made of... Uh, uh, like a um, um, a, a nylon type of material, right? 
Um, a little bit more durable than regular paper. Well, I had him sign that for me. Oh, wow. And I have it in a in a, a photo album, but I thought about maybe getting that encased in resin, and I could display it a little bit better. Could you encase you know? Paul McCartney in resin? No, probably oh. not. Carbonite, yes, but resin <laughs> yeah. is, no, you can't do uh, that. You could survive carbonite, but not resin. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be cool. Well, why, who, who... Who does the, who does that? Who does the? Yeah. Uh, there's resin to go on City Line Avenue, but um, I mean, there's I a company you... that does um, uses a lot of resin in. They do like tables and stuff like that. Yes. Um. So, at, but they're local, and uh, I follow the, them on Instagram. I met them at one of the home shows. Um, That's another thing you could do. Yeah, you could take like family photos and so on and make yes. and put the it into the table. Out of it. Yeah. So I don't know. The if maybe they could mm. do something like that, but mm. um, they are a local company. I'll, I'll see if I can find the name. That of That would be cool. To have yeah. in a, in a, a room that's like your your den to yeah. have a table that is yeah. that there is encased in the table are chashkis and little things from your past in yeah. there like old girlfriends and stuff things like that <laughs> no i've got like loads i eventually want to do something with all of the radio memorabilia that yeah. i've kept over the years and i i don't know what to do with all of that stuff because it's all just sitting in boxes and eventually yeah. i want to put that out and make something nice a lot of times you realize that the things that you held on to because you thought you'd go back and look at it you don't yeah I don't hang on to many things. I do have uh, six jars of farts, I think, down in you my... You still have saved those? I, I have well, them that's, saved. Yeah. That's something you can give to your kids when they get old enough. You know what I actually was was have been trying to find, and I cannot find it anywhere. I want to try and find the concert poster for the very first Fish concert I ever went to. I can't... The internet is not showing me anything. Huh. And I, used, I'm surprised Google? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Where was I, it? Uh... It was where was it? Yeah, here. Spectrum, yeah. It was. Okay. Uh, Are you kidding? Yeah, oh, December fifteenth. Wow. That's awesome. Nineteen ninety-five, and I just I can find posters from around that date, just not that date. I just can't find it anywhere. Keep going. You'll stumble across one of them. Hey, speaking of uh, collectibles and things like that, you guys catch this, and this is local ties too, because uh, Kobe Bryant, his rookie card, yes, uh, uh, sold to an anonymous buyer for just under one point eight million dollars. Yeah. $1.8 million for a card. That's unbelievable. Didn't well, our, I... our bobbleheads go for about a Just to put that in perspective, yeah. our, the presidency bobblehead <laughs> goes for a million. A yeah. million He's flat. getting almost another full million on top of that. <laughs> the Brady rookie card just went for like $1.2 Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. All right. So, yeah, uh, there was an anonymous bidder, $1.795 million. The Topps trading card is one of just two in the world considered to be in uh, black label pristine condition. That's what they call it. And is the most expensive Kobe Bryant card ever sold. So let me ask you this. Uh, okay. How, how easy would this... Everybody knew Kobe was going to be a superstar when he came up. He was he was a, a hell of a story at 18 years old. Right. Why didn't more people go out and just buy his rookie card? I'm surprised. Because rookie cards, they're nothing when, yeah. you, when you start off, right? And they're the face value. It's recent. You know, this is yeah. not, uh, uh, you know, even like a, a you know Will Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, one of the legends of the game, uh, the cards just go up in value just because of their age. So Kobe, you know, this was, uh, his rookie card came at a time where people were collecting a lot of cards. I'm surprised that it's that rare. Let me ask you, yeah. of the sports, which one, I, I'm assuming baseball has the most interest in collectible cards correct Still, yep yeah all right and, so so it's, they it's not a it robust a collecting population right with nba cards and things like that um there was because of was the there? well yeah so um i read a great book uh last year about uh baseball cards and it's called the wax pack and uh the, this guy um 
uh, opens a, ca- a pack of cards from 1986 and goes and interviews all the guys in the car in the in the pack. It's really right. he tracks them down, uh, spends time, but he uh, spent a lot of time with Tops, and Tops is based in Duryea, Pennsylvania, and because of the success of uh, baseball cards in the mostly in the late seventies, early eighties, and then they took off in the in the late eighties, early nineties, and there became this glut in the market. But the glut in the market, Steve, is what led to um, Upper Deck and Donruss and these top tier mm. cards making um, football cards, hockey cards, okay. things along those lines, and basketball cards too. So when they know um, that a rookie is probably going to have a promising career. Are less of those cards made available? So, like, That's you can buy you can buy an entire box, right? You could probably go on the internet now, uh, Google it, and and get an entire box of 1986 or 1990 cards from right. whatever you know, baseball, football, whatever. Um, but there's no guarantee that the rookie of that uh, of that timeline is going to be in that box. You know, it's not like no, it's you're true. buying a complete set. It's true. Yeah, I've always I, I never considered that. Is it still Random, no matter what. Like, you can't go out and buy, like, a brand new, not not collectible cards, but, but ones that are currently being issued. Can you go out and find the card you're looking for, the player you want, or you just oh, have to pack? buy a bunch? Yeah, and you just no, got to yeah. get what you get. Can you, can, you not buy the whole, you get. can you not buy the whole run, though? Can You, you not? can buy an entire set, but the, yeah. but the charm in buying the pack is, I might yeah. get a Kobe rookie card in here, you know? Right. So, or whoever the rookie of the year is this year. Okay. But you can, if you want to, buy the, that year's full set. Yeah. Okay. But it's less... Um, I don't know. It's less no, but fun. I mean, but yeah, but if you're talking one point, you know, you might you might hit right. the gold mine down the road as an investment. Yeah. You may want to buy. And I don't know how much a whole season's <laughs> uh, worth of cards cost uh, for every team. The problem you, is you, you pick stories- a, you pick a rookie that you think is going to go all the way and he breaks his leg. Man, you know, yeah, yeah. Which usually <laughs> happens yeah. when stories like this happen. Then there becomes a run. You know, the, the run on the market yeah. happens, and so uh, people will want to invest more in cards like this, and then it sends the value of the cards down. Oh. Wow. Okay, well, $1.8 million. Jeez. That's unbelievable. Here's one. Maybe someday we'll have social influencer cards. And, <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't doubt it if if uh, there were. And I, I saw this as far as social media goes, Casey, and this speaks to you uh, because you're amazed at how some people yeah. take off and become social influencers. Uh, there is a new organizing guru that is taking over. She is known as the Folding Lady. The Folding Lady, oh, yes. What's this? Her <laughs> social media feeds are basically a one-stop shop for learning how to keep everything neat, tidy, and wrinkle-free. Mm. And she's gone viral for sharing her how-to videos online. Uh, the Folding Lady is Sophie Liard, and she has nearly two point. Five million TikTok followers right. and more than three hundred and seventy thousand on Instagram. Who can't stop watching her show us how it's done to fold clothes? How long has she been around? Do they say? I don't All know. Right. I watched a video of a woman who is, and it, this is her job. Her and she's young, and her husband. Uh, I don't know if he works now, but at that time wasn't working because whatever she was doing. Uh, was paying the bills. And she's a mother, and she would sit there and just talking to the camera as she was doing things like folding the laundry. She wasn't even, like, folding it that great. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, oh, everything's a perfect fold and, yeah. and, and nothing's wrinkled or whatever. But And she was attractive. It's not like she was... Topless. <laughs> topless yeah. or mega, mega hot, but she was an attractive-ish woman. Right, and that's all it took. And that's all it took. And I don't understand how things like that take off. Well, well think of how all the ones that do not as well. No, so you're right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Um, I don't have time to fold like this lady does. Um, it's great, but I don't have time for it. You, you'd, uh, you'd want to die. I, well, I just, I literally yeah. don't have time. She's folding socks. It's amazing. It yeah. probably saves so much space, but I don't have 50 time seconds. anymore. Yeah. You roll them socks into a ball. Um, you just case, put them in a big bucket. <laughs> to your point is, like, I wonder, I because some of them that I follow, I'm like, are they making enough money that this is their career like there's one specific girl that i follow and her husband is a photographer so all of her pictures are like awesome that she posts because her husband Mm -hmm. takes them but he's a photographer like and so he's taking her pictures she's posting them and that seems to be the only job the two of them have and she's a she's a fashion influencer all she does is i her last picture was a picture of her and that she paid seven dollars for a shirt and she posted that and like i she posted pictures of this house that they redid it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous she did this huge pool in the back the house is huge and i'm like is it just from influencing and him being a photographer well there's a special on a documentary i should say i think it's on hulu and it's about the only fans phenomenon and the kind of money that they can make and we're talking people who are doing even just like like sort of cheesecake stuff or even just even you know or just general stuff um the amount of money that you can make is Pretty substantial. Now, it's clear that a lot of these TikTok people, yes, can ma- they can make that their career. How long does that last? I don't know. Yeah, and what, how many of them out of those that right. try actually hit Succeed, yeah. Not Not as many as you would think, I would imagine. But. Because you're seeing a lot, but you're also realizing yeah. that that, the, the, that also relates to a uh, tremendous additional group who are absolutely well, yeah, I know that languishing it, in an anonymity. Yeah, of course, it's not going to happen yeah. for everybody, but I'm just thinking of this one girl that, yeah. like, how is that her career and is that the only way she's it's making money? Very well could be. Yeah, Kath, my wife follows a whole bunch of people that uh, take care of their homes, right? And it's, it, it can be people who fold or whatever, but then she's also... I'm a folder. <laughs> she also has found these women who are, like, uh, hockey wives, who have these amazing homes, and their whole thing is, you know, how to decorate these homes. And, Did you say and hockey wife, hockey wives, yeah, like yeah, professional so, hockey like players, NHL wives. Player. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but that, their husbands are making money. I, I yeah. know, and it's almost like no fair because, it's like, right. well, we don't have this disposable income that you have to <clears throat> make this room look the way you make it look. Well, it's cribs. I mean, it's exactly. the same right. people, yeah, yeah. Right. But listen, so I, I wasn't going to get this, but I'll do this now because it's it, it ties into what we're talking about. Then BuzzFeed had a um, an article titled, People Who Are Friends With Influencers Are Revealing What Their Lives Are Really Like. Okay, so oh. so we've, we've asked the question, how much of your day is constantly being sucked away from you because you're posting content? So these are quotes from people who have friends that do right. this. So I'll, I'll just read them to you. So here's one says, um, uh, she hasn't come to anything I've invited her to in five years because she only goes to events that further her business. Regularly says things like, we're all using each other for something. And she still reaches out to me multiple times a year and claims I'm one of her best friends. But it sure doesn't feel like it. I've told her as much, but she uh, just says, this is my life now. My business comes first. And if you can't accept that, then I guess you're not a real friend. <laughs> Here's another one. It says, okay. it's annoying AF. It's annoying <laughs> as F. One of my buddies is constantly filming everything, and we do, and posting it. It dominates everything he does, and has severely impacted his personal relationships. He can't keep a girlfriend, and it's clearly related to this obsession of his. After pretty much kicking him out of my life because I don't want to be continually posted online, we've come to the understanding uh, that when he's about to take a pic or video, he hands me the phone so I'm not in the shot, and it works out okay for me. There's another one that says, I dated one. 
not super popular, but it uh, followers in the 100,000 range last time we spoke. I remember a lot of getting ignored and only receiving nice gifts and acts of kindness when they could post about it, asking me to go to nice places they didn't drive, only to ha- to leave me on a bench somewhere while I- they took pictures. <laughs> Huge strain on the relationship, especially when they started to get bigger and there was more demand for content. It's really sad. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but it's this phenomenon that's happened over the last 15 years or so where idle time is now monetize. You can monetize it, right? Right. So, yeah. So and hobbies and knitting and whatever else you can post all of these things. Casey, you know the the hockey wives or Kathy, the folding person or whatever. Those things because they are you can put them on Instagram or TikTok or whatever and make money off of them. That starts to become for some people this dominating force of I should monetize everything. And it in the hopes that something catches. Well, and it it robs you of the ability to just enjoy something, separate yourself from your phone and what you're putting on Instagram and what your actual life is versus what you can make money off of. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a really weird conundrum because you're you're almost living in a matrix like um, uh, deal because you're you're you're, people who are presupposed to narcissism are going to, and we all have a level of that in us, regardless. But I mean, you know, I mean. you're, you're you're just consumed. You don't. You never yep. let. Them, it's like the, the people who, when they go on vacation, are never actually looking at what they're seeing. They're always looking <laughs> at it through the camera. And some success begets more. So you get you start getting followers, and you start realizing, hey, I'm making a little bit of money off of this, or people are paying attention, and it starts to overtake your thinking in a way that can be really dangerous. Yeah. Here's one. Uh, it says awful. One of my best friends fell real hard in Instagram, and for a few years, it was tolerable and understandable, albeit annoying and strange. Everything needed to be documented in specific ways. So lots and lots of photos, even if it took away from the moment. Mm -hmm. But the strange part was how, when she'd share things, the captions always told a slightly different story than what actually (laughs) happened. Uh, Like, just off enough for me and my other friend to say, hmm, that has a weird quality to it. Well, you know, like... We, Marissa, thankfully, will will chronicle a lot of the stuff in hand, you know social media wise. Make sure that we we have our, our presence is pretty robust. I I don't think in that way. If this should be caught, yeah. you know, yeah, for for social media, uh, it's just not my everything that we're going to do. That I think is content based is is going to siphon right through to the show. Yeah, I I tend to like as the show is going on, uh, let the show handle do all the show stuff, right? Both I, show. Uh, my my perspective on whatever we're doing, uh, I I guess is comes second to whatever the show's doing, right? Right. But when the show's over, like I really do. Sometimes I sit there and think, like, man, I really need to post something, but I don't have anything to post. Do you say stuff for your OnlyFans site, or do you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Everything topless and bottomless is OnlyFans. All right, Everything okay. clothed well, that, is not. That makes sense. Only no, but like, listen, I on. Um, I, well, I, why do you feel the need that you what that you I don't have know. to post? I don't because I have it, you know, and it and why it, do you climb Everest? Well, because it's there, <laughs> exactly. right, Steve? Do you look uh, at I mean, your like, uh, Do you look at your numbers as far as uh, how many people are following you? Not often. Okay, not often. But you know, I'm just you know teetering around thirty seven thousand. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's your 237,254. Um, no. 256, 257. Uh, but I don't post if I don't have any. Like, I don't go through my my um, photos and go, you know, and just, oh, let me post that. Yeah. Uh, but if something is happening, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I can capture that and, and post that. Right, right. Yeah, and Casey, I think some of that comes from not everybody who follows you follows the show. 
Right. So if you do something funny on the show that day that we share from the show's account, you know, you should you could follow that with your follow. Well, you could share that with your followers. But <laughs> I also wanted to share that, like, I've also been this person my entire life. Like, I was the person sneaking a camera into concerts when, like, my friends were smoking okay. weed in. And, like, I was the person with photo albums and boxes of photos. That was me, too, though. And okay. I used to make videos all the time. I was yeah. constantly the guy with the video camera. But now um, I have a different take on it. True. Yeah. Joe, but I I guess I continue. Now it's just a yeah. weird. And now there's just a different outlet. And, you know, Nick is saying that, you know, it's a new phenomenon um, to, to share these things or to, to use idle time. But I, it probably didn't stick with you guys, but it stuck with me so hard. We had uh, Gene Simmons on, and he was like, there are 20 usable hours in a day. Like, if you're just doing your one job and then wasting the rest of the time. Ten hours for feeding the chickens. (laughs) (laughs) You only sleep four hours a night? Maybe he said like 18 or 19. Marissa, probably. Listen, this this goes back to... I'm sure during caveman times, there was a guy like like Og would always run away. Let, Let me... Cave carve this, you know. Right, right. Yeah, but let me sure I got this. It's idle time for people like us. These people that are making money off of it, it's not idle time. It's That's their profession. Job. It's, their, it's profession. their job, yes. Like, I have a friend who, I think I, I told you guys this before, but I will specifically tell her, I'm coming over. Don't post anything because <laughs> she will post and then I won't see her. I'll be at her house and I'll be sitting next to her, but she's just on the phone checking the comments, replying back. Oh, look at this person. This person's an idiot. I can't believe they said that. Oh, look who liked my photo. Like constantly. And and I've gone over there and spent the entire day with the kids because she was on her phone because she had posted a picture right before I got there. It's wasted time because why... When do you get time to play with your action figures? Yeah. <laughs> At home. Steve, we yeah. can monetize you playing with your action figures. That's the thing. No, and the other part of it is it's, it's really easy for some people. I know we always talk about how much a pain in a butt it is to write a caption or pick the right photo. But for some people, it just comes so naturally and so easy. Um, and God Yeah, they're the ones people. that they can yeah. do it. It's, I'm not one of them. You and know? they're the people you're talking about right now because they're a pain in the ass to be around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. It's, just not, it's not my thing. I don't, I don't think that way. I'll try to... You know, if I if I have a photo I want to post and, I'm, and I try to think, I think of a caption. I'm like, that's not clever enough. <laughs> I need to blah blah yeah, blah no, this I'm and that, and then I just give up on it and I, I post something generic. For know? the last month, I've had a, uh, a mirror on the bathroom floor, and every time I get in the shower, I take a picture. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> do I post this today? Yeah. Right, right. Is that today the day. Is this? Am I being narcissistic and thinking people want to see this? Here's a few more quotes. It says, uh, friends with a high-profile athlete is pretty popular on Insta. He is always on the phone, never lives in the moment. If we're doing anything fun, well, it basically didn't happen unless the world knows about it. Mm. Uh, it's just annoying. I can't imagine living for the approval of sat- or satisfaction of others. Another one says, I know a wannabe influencer. She will reply to her own post from her husband's <laughs> account praising herself, then oh. she'll reply to those posts as herself thanking him. It's hilarious. Like Inception for Facebook. I do um, have, but I have separate accounts, and I'll like my post from the other account. What? Yeah. You have like an anonymous account? No, or? not anonymous. Okay. Like, for, you know, like my show on, on Ben FM, yeah. her story. So like if I post something from Kathy Romano 11, I'll have her story do do like that? it. I don't know. Because cause I'll go, I'll scroll through on her story. to Hold on. And so it pops up. So, of course, I'm going to like, I'm not going to skip over it. Where it's mine. If you follow the Flyers, you will see that the first like on every Flyers account is the Phantoms. 
Okay. So whoever does that account they probably do does the phantoms. I don't look that on. deep into it. So mm-hmm. what? What? Ha- so if you, there's a, a book I've mentioned before called Slanted, it talks about how everything is 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 an orchestrated narrative. A lot of times in media, the companies that pay people to appear as as regular grassroots people commenting on things. There is such a manipulation in for products and responses and 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 movies and and how all this stuff gets. You know, you say, oh, that's this regular guy just happens to like this. And a lot of times they're just they're on a payroll to create that mm. impression. So your friend orchestrating the uh, the the apparent like of her own site is is that's repeated millions of times. Well, and she replies to all of the comments because and maybe Marissa knows this, but that uh it does something with the algorithm or, or it'll pop up in, in more people's feed or something like that. So she's constantly replying to the posts. Yeah, all the interactions that you have on your feed help your own algorithm and make your posts better. There's a new thing, because <clears throat> um, Instagram's changing it. You know that little like square-looking thing on the side that you actually are yes. saving buttons? right. That's the hot ticket item now. So you want people to save your thing and share oh, it geez. onto their story. Do you approve of the new? Because they ju- they just did a refurb on Instagram. Do you do you like the new setup? Uh, how long ago? I haven't noticed. I, I just though. I just noticed it yesterday. Ooh. There's there's, there's a couple stuff. little things that are different. Yeah. Now. Are now on the fu- on the top of the page where they yeah. were on the bottom before. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to make it. The more interactive you are, the more because th- they want to see that you are spending the time to do it, and that's why your friends are doing that because it takes the time to make yourself. Successful. Yeah, they want engagements. They want interactions. They yeah. want, it's you got to watch the social dilemma. It explains Wouldn't it all. Wouldn't it be better if you had no friends? You could spend so much more time posting. <laughs> totally. There's a new thing that's been popping up in my direct messages and. I don't know. There, there, I, there's got to be something behind it, but it's a legit account and then maybe like a spam account or something. And so they put you on a group yep. and that when they message you, you yeah. get that you get the response from the legit company as if you'd message yeah. them or something. Delete what, those right away. But They're, what is it? Why? What's I don't know what it is. You're going to get a bunch of, uh, of seed from China. Uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, Kathy, where it's um, not worth even opening. Just as soon as you see something yeah. like that, just hit, hit delete. Don't even accept them. I'm going to go to uh, Vin on the phones. Yo, Vin, you're on. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. What's your story? Um, so not related to like the influencers thing. Uh, I want to say a few years back, I had a buddy that was like kind of like catching the tail end of the YouTube boom mm-hmm. thing, like the uh, Let's Players and like the video game stuff on YouTube. And uh, it got so bad with him trying to make content for YouTube. I barely saw him. And I had to, like, force myself to come up with ideas to try to hang out with him so, like, we could even do anything. So you had to create content for him so that you had any shot of hanging out as a friend. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, was pretty – it was pretty – sad because like we would hang out all the time prior to this and then like you know he kind of got a little bit of popularity a little bit of traction and i overheard you guys talking about how like people will always be on like social media and stuff and like so he was like always on twitter and trying to tweet people and just kind of get noticed and um yeah like at a certain point like we would like we would hang out we work together we would like be in the office together but he would be so focused on what's happening on twitter jeez like, like he would like try to like tell me about it, but I wasn't on Twitter at the time, and I was like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Wow, so, wow! Didn't you know the building was on fire? <laughs> Where's your relationship now with him? Um, well, he eventually he got to a point where he was actually able to go out to like California and work for like a company out there that <clears throat> uh, Twitch. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, yeah Twitch, yeah. Twitch is huge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he worked for them for a bit, and we lost touch. And uh, unfortunately, him and I are you know we don't really talk anymore. So oh, okay. that sucks. Sorry to hear lost that, man. The friendship. Yeah. All right, thanks, yeah, but. 
I saw a um, when I was uh, starting to make the, the the drum cover videos that I do. I, I watched a couple. There's videos on how to make great videos, mm-hmm. like tons of them. Oh yeah. And so I was watching one. And a guy explained uh, not necessarily being an influencer, but being a YouTuber. He's like, listen, if if you really want to consider this, he said, it's kind of a lonely life. Just to let you know, you might be doing fun and exciting things, or it seems that way. But you're going to spend a lot of time Alone. by yourself. Yes. Editing, preparing, doing all these mm. things. And it looks, on the surface, like easy work. But it is time consuming, as is as you being this influencer person. Uh, while, while they're out doing these, you know, these glamorous looking shots and so on, there's a lot of um, time filled up making sure that they get just the right things or pretending to be this and that. And, so the perception know. that you can trade off and say, okay, well, I'm going to take what I would do normally during a regular business day and I'll just spend eight hours yeah. doing, it doesn't play like that. Right. Yeah. Because I, your, your life becomes a constant uh, content source. Yeah, I sat in the parking lot of Imperial Pizza all by myself a couple of Fridays ago just eating a pizza all by myself just so I could post some pictures of my of the pizza place because I was I'm, I go to pizza places every Friday during Lent now and that's that's been that's this, your thing that's the well, saddest thing I've ever heard. It was, you know what, Steve? It was a little Shit. pathetic and at Sitting one there point the whole pie, dude. Listen, it was a, a delicious pie and it was almost wow. worth it. But I I was sitting there and I was eating a slice and there was a car at a stoplight in front of me and I swear to God the the ladies. Why are you crying, young man? They were laughing at me. Were they? I saw them. They yes. Do you? you? Yes. All right. They kept turning around and looking and laughing have, at me. Have you seen other? I've seen it. I've okay. seen it. As sure as hell, when I go along and I see <laughs> someone creating Instagram content, you, and and you're like, oh my god. So they were they were laughing at you. Were you sitting there filming yourself, or what were you doing? No, I just took a couple of pictures, and then I just sat there, just stuffing my fat face with uh, some pizza. Yeah. And they were laughing. Look at they that. Were laughing at me. I Look saw it. Pizza boy. How popular are you? How many how many followers you got? First, I saw the lady in the passenger seat look over, and I was like, oh. And then it was the lady in the driver's seat who was glancing over because her friend. Uh, listen, I projected said yeah. conversation, and and uh, her this friend. This guy's pathetic. <laughs> yes, yes. And then they laughed at me. Uh, eating his I, pizza. Is that good pizza boy? You like a pizza? He's pathetic. I don't. Often... He's on Instagram. Are you one of those fluences? <laughs> Fluences. <laughs> I don't often take selfies, but if I do, I hide it. Like, yeah. I don't let anybody know right. I'm tel- taking a selfie. And if someone walks by, I'm like, just pretend like I'm texting or I'm on my phone. Like, I won't let anybody see me take I unless it's a group. break out unless my key group. light. If it's a group and there's other people to be yeah. stupid with, then yeah. fine. But not if it's just me. Uh, so everything in moderation, right? And, and for me, the moderation comes by literally taking the apps off of my phone for stretches because I, I find that I, it's too easy to just get addicted to it. And it is fun. I mean, everybody that you get the endorphin rush from seeing the likes, from from having a popular post, even if it means sitting in a parking lot eating an entire pizza by yourself, <laughs> you got nearly 2,000 likes on that. And I'm sure, Casey, on some levels, the likes we're worth it. I only ate seven of the slices. I could have eaten all eight. I think everything. Oh, way to go! I think, but I, but I had to. Nailed it. I had to. I think everything is cyclical. Stop. Do you remember the absolute? Like, do you remember the selfie stick and and mm-hmm. the reaction to yeah. people yeah. with selfie sticks and the blowback? What it, so that you can take a picture of yourself? And I think you know we start to go in and out of that. So everything sort of progresses. And I think. You know, some people may may tap the brakes on just living their lives this way. You know? Exhausting. Yeah. I'm going to go to uh, Steve here. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Hey, guys. Hey, what's uh, up, bud? Hey, Casey. When you were eating the pizza, did you put ranch on it? Ah, uh, uh, see. Not, not yeah. necessary. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> um, so I went to a wedding, and I was in the wedding party, and uh, one of the bridesmaids is a big uh, influencer. So during – and the bride and groom were completely okay with this, knew it, like told the guests, like, oh, yeah, we're – She's basically going to, you know, get us famous, I guess. Um, during the entire wedding, she was like their shadow, basically, filming them. She was the first person to see the cake. Like, she walked back into the little area to take a picture of the cake. And about half of the guests thought this was completely normal. And it completely blew my mind. Yeah, I, well, there are some. Listen, that the, the Insta famous. These are these are all the uh, yeah, yeah. these are all the phrases now. And and to to what level of fame? How long is right. that fame going to last? Uh, what do you lose in the pursuit of said fame? Yep, things to consider. All right, thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. But yeah, the the this article with all these people chiming in were pretty telling. You know, like everything they had to say. Most of them uh, had had that common thread of. Is never in the moment. Yeah. Is constantly doing this. Is now impossible to spend time with just because they're so caught up in doing, getting the perfect picture all the time, posting. And then, like Kathy was saying, her friend, spending all that time doing all the follow-ups and responses so and annoying. likes and, and just... Uh, you know, paying attention to the metrics and all that stuff. It's so. too much. But if yeah. it's any consolation, the two girls and two girls on the cup, they're still friends. <laughs> they're still Aww. buddies? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's I mean, how could you not yeah. after yeah. that? All right, anyhow, I want to take a break. We're going to come back in a second. Uh, Connor Barwin is going to be auctioning off some uh, items of his, some personal items of him. So we'll find out about those, and we'll just check him and see how he's doing in a couple of minutes. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Wednesday at 2, join me, Pierre Robert, for a conversation with our good friends Dexter and Noodles from The Offspring. We'll chat about their forthcoming album, Let the Bad Times Roll, and feature some of your favorite tunes from the group. So join me and my guests, The Offspring's Dexter and Noodles, Wednesday at 2 p.m., right here on 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. We got a guest who's ready to come on. It's always great to talk to him. He's got a yard sale that's there going go. on today through April 10th of some uh, cool stuff, and we're going to find out what that is all about. And of course, it will be going to charity. You would expect nothing less than uh, that from this gentleman. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Connor Barwin. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. How are you all doing? We're good, man. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. Excellent. So you know what? Let's get right to this. The um, uh, the yard sale. Uh, is this all your personal stuff, or is it bigger than that? Um, right now, it's all my personal stuff. Which, which, let me tell you, it's kind of a lot of stuff over my you know college and, and professional career um, that I was thinking about getting rid of or goodwilling or giving to my friends. And I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. Maybe we can raise a little bit of money uh, and give, you know, let people support MTWB and give people access to, you know, some unique items that you normally don't have access to. And MTWB's make the world better foundation. And that's your group. And you've, you've done for helping kids have a place to, to get out and be active and be safe and all this stuff, which has <laughs> always been amazing to watch you work um, with this. Or have you always been, you know, did you always hang on to stuff throughout your career? Is that just one of the things you do? I think I think all athletes do that. Um, and I don't know. I've been retired for two years now, mm -hmm. and my wife was pretty much like, "It's time to move on." <laughs> like, well, I don't want. She was like, "I don't want to keep accumulating more stuff." Get this crap like, out of our, here. Our, yeah, 
our son doesn't, our son's not going to want any of this. No one wants this other than you. We're eventually <laughs> get rid of it now. Or we're going to get rid of it in 10 years. So oh yeah, I, I, kept, I, I kept a couple things, but the majority of it we're getting rid of. Okay. So I, I'm actually interested in finding out what you couldn't part with. Well, there's, 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 there's a couple helmets I kept. And really the only thing I didn't part with, honestly, is just jerseys of peers that I played with. So game-worn jerseys that, you know, my friends that across the league that have signed, that's really about the only things that I kept. And I even put some of those that I – like I gave – a Trent, there's a Trent Cole signed jersey, there's an Eagles signed jersey, just because I had two of those. There's a Chris Meyer jersey that I played with in Houston. I had two of those. So there's a couple of those that are even in this auction. Yeah, so we're seeing a list of some things here. A, a Texans helmet and jersey, Eagles cleats, a Rams game ball and giant hoodie, Giants hoodie. Um, and other stuff. So there's a, a wide smattering of stuff to select. And are you also opening up um, uh, other people who may want to donate their own sports memorabilia or whatever to participate as well? Yeah, yeah. So that's the cool part. And, and you know, if anybody has stuff that they've accumulated and want and want to throw it in here and, and let people buy and raise money for MTWB, they can do that. I've already got hit up by a couple. Of, last night, you know, I had Darren Sproles hit me up. I'll probably talk to Selick and Trent Cole, see if they want to donate anything. Um, so hopefully we get this going over the next few weeks. So I would urge people to, to kind of pay attention to the website if they're interested, uh, buckscountybaseballcompany.com, because uh, we'll keep loading new stuff on there every week. Hey, Connor, we were just talking about earlier this morning uh, a, um, a Kobe Bryant rookie card uh, sold for $1.8 bucks. You got one of those? <laughs> no, I don't have any of <laughs> no? them. No? Yeah, I think... The most expensive thing out here might be like fifty or eighty bucks. I don't okay. know. <laughs> what about the Connor Barwin rookie card? Hey, I'll tell you. I the guy that this you guys might find this interesting. So yeah. these, there, there are some weird things on there, right? So I saved the cast from the ankle injury I had my second year in the NFL. I, <laughs> I busted my ankle. My ankle was hanging off my leg. It was very important to me. I took a year long to come back from the injury. The initial cast I had signed from a bunch of my Houston Texan teammates. I saved that cast for 12 years. My wife was like, you need to throw this away. And, uh, <laughs> so I gave it to Buck County Baseball. So it's a random thing. He might have thrown it away. I don't even know. Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? That, those are, there, there's, some, there's some really random things on there, too, if you dig a little bit. Yeah, stuff like that is, that's where, I mean, getting a jersey or something like that is cool. But, I mean, getting something that's of a moment that's directly connected you know, to a to an injury and, and to a player and his team that that's worth that's worth a lot more. Yeah, you stanky ass yeah. ass. Yeah. yeah, man. There at least there's at least funny stories in there. I might have some stuff from like trophies I got in high school. I mean, just kind of silly things that are on there. That what's know, the dumbest for people to have? What what's the most bizarre? What's the dumbest thing you have? I mean, there's like I don't know. You got to look. There's there's like silly like hustle awards that I got in high school. That <laughs> You know, these are like uh, little plaques that, that like eighth graders got. They're going to give them at the banquet. I saved all of those and finally got rid of them. So, you know, those are on there. I can sign for anyone if they want them. So they're funny. That's great. I, Connor, I believe it or not, I, I broke my leg uh, dancing at a wedding one time, and I kept that cast too. But uh, but it's got a whole bunch of um, signatures on there, like Mark Wahlberg and uh, Robert Klein, of all people. Did, there, did anybody sign your cast that you kept? 
Well, I, I had a bunch of my, my Houston teammates, and you know what? That that cast is probably worth more than mine, so you should donate it to this campaign. <laughs> All right. Yes. Let's, let's rave a few bucks. Dude, I will. It's in, it's in my closet. Yeah, you'll have to, have to help me identify some of the autographs because I, I don't know who's on there, but uh, I'd be happy to if is, you really want it. Hey, guys, is there a way to de-stink a cast? <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. It's been sitting in a plastic bag in a, in a closet uh, for yeah. 10 years. So, That's going to uh, smell real good. It's ripe. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I can tell you mine... mine Smelled fine. After oh, there years, you go. So there's no <laughs> to it whatsoever. So I don't know what, what you did to your cat, but mine was fine. All right. <laughs> nice. Uh, so so what have you been doing with your spare time these days, uh, Connor, other than setting up uh, stuff like this? Well, I, I'm, I'm renovating a house in Fishtown, which is good. I'm working for the Eagles, which takes up the majority of my time. Mm. Uh, I made another baby, so we have a, a baby on the way in a couple oh. months. Nice. Wow. Um, That's yeah, that was the most fun thing I've done yes. last year. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, oh, making babies just, is so much working. fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then just the foundation. So we've got a bunch going on with the foundations. We, we broke ground on another project up in, in West Kensington and, and continuing. We've talked about this before, but continuing to work on the Vera Rec Center in Grace Ferry, which is a, which is a huge deal. We've been working on it for a couple of years. That's awesome. Flyers welcome back uh, some uh, fans uh, to the game yesterday. We took some calls from people who were there and, and said it was just great to be, you know, in that atmosphere again. And, and obviously they're keeping it really safe with the numbers and all. Um, how do you think you would have uh, managed uh, being a player with empty stands, and or would that have even really registered in your mind as far as getting the job done goes? Well, I think, like most players, I mean, I was around this year during the season, and I think it, you know, it would have been hard at the beginning. It would have been hard in warmups, but you know, once once the the ball snapped and the game starts, you just kind of flip a switch and, and go into, you know, a competitive mode. So I think that's really what you saw was once the game started, it was, it was the same, but I, I'm so excited for, for us to have fans next year. You know, I saw what the Flyers did and honestly, just kind of being a normal person. I was talking to my son this morning about, about going to a game and he's never, you know, he's three years old. He's never gone to a game. So uh, I'm just really happy we're, we're going to have fans moving forward now. Nice, man. Well, excellent. So we're going to, uh, we're going to point people in the direction of the, of the yard sale that's going on. This will continue. It's going on for a while. It's going on until April 10th. Yeah, it's going to go on for about four weeks. So we'll, we'll keep adding stuff to it. So pay attention. And, and again, any, anything people, people buy, it's going to go a long way. And every, every dollar will go to MTWB. And that goes to, you know, public playgrounds here in Philadelphia. And by the way, Connor, did you set up a flat rate for each item or are people bidding on these things? They're, they're just, there's a flat rate. Okay. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, some of these prices might drop later. I shouldn't be saying this, but they could drop. Later. <laughs> yeah. Wait till the last second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is a few items, like some of the higher stuff that's interesting, like game worn signed jerseys. I think those are going to be bid, but that's just a few items. Most of it is all just flat rate. Okay. Excellent, man. Well, listen, uh, well, like I said, we, we have the links up on our website. It's uh, Bucks County Baseball Company, company just a short co.com uh, slash MTWD, MTWB, which is uh, Make the World Better Foundation. If you want to check out what uh, Make the World Better does, you can go to MTWB.org as well. You're always doing good stuff, Connor, man. We yeah. appreciate it. Hey, I really appreciate you all. Thank you. No problem, man. Connor Barr, yeah. Guys.
And uh, I'm sure you can find some great stuff on there. You're like, and some jokey things. Yeah, sure. His hustle award from eighth grade, <laughs> participation awards, stuff yeah. like that. But that, in the way, I find that kitschier. I find that more fun. Yeah, than the standard stuff. We have those links posted on uh, PrestonCF.com. Marissa came in and handed a note a second ago. It says Tim Matheson is is available for an interview in a few minutes. <laughs> I know he's got a new Netflix series. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk to him. Yeah, Otter? absolutely. Otter. Otter? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And Johnny Quest, the voice of Johnny Quest. That's right. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be in about um, ten or twelve minutes. Didn't you bring him up to me off air a week or two ago? We were just, we were talking about yes. something animal. Why can't related. you be more like Tim Matheson? You were, no. yeah, you were lambasting me <laughs> for my inability to be like Tim Matheson. You are just not even in his class. No, it was uh, uh, because uh, Nick and Casey. You know, a lot of us we we do these kind of movie line things where we just you know share movie lines like you do with your friends. Everybody does right. anyway. So there are a couple that. That we gravitate towards individually, and one of the ones that Nick and I gravitate towards is Animal House a lot. And I had randomly thought of, uh, and I was going to send him a picture of Tim Matheson right. as Otter, uh, and I was just going to put uh, uh, type in the, the text of, "Well, you can say what you want to about me," <laughs> and I was going to leave it that and see if he followed up with. But I'm not going to stand around here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America, <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> So anyway, so we'll talk to uh, yeah, we'll talk to Tim Matheson. I'm looking up the the special because I saw it. Uh, is it Netflix movies? That's it. Netflix is that it? Yeah, Netflix movies starring Tim Matheson. So he's himself hosting it. Uh, yes, and I believe okay. he talks about yeah. I believe that's it, or I'm completely wrong. I don't know. Marissa will get us the information because we're not going to. We have just a, found out. We're not going to have a commercial break to stop and uh, absorb this. Should we just keep going, or should we break and come back with him? Case? We have, uh, we have time. I'm asking we have time you. Time we want to just keep going. Okay. Let's just keep going, man. Let's just keep going. Just get to the point where we're all of a sudden talking to Jim Matheson. All right. You know what? I did see this thing uh, that I'm, I think might be uh, worth bringing up, and it actually it'll bring Kathy into the discussion. Maybe. Nice. Maybe or maybe not, because huh. she might not have this issue. Oh. Uh, and I wasn't expecting to do this right now. But Stank I think, ass? I think oh it'll be God. good. Um, well, we all know. That, that's no, not that's true. not true. She's, she she's a blossom. She's a flower. Uh, no, it was an <laughs> article about, and I want to find it first. Mm. Well, no, I'll, no, I'll tell you what, it. essentially what it is, and then I'll see if I can find the article. But in, in so many words, it explains that all of us in our homes have what's known as a cleaning black hole. Ah, uh, yes. Meaning? The room where everything goes to die. Well, yeah. One one part, for one reason yeah. or another, can, that can never be cleaned in your house. That is just always, you can straighten it up, you can get it fixed up, but it goes right back to the same crap oh. that it always went to forever. Like my garage. Like your garage. Okay, here we go. 80% of Americans say they have at least one cleaning black hole in their home. It was a new survey uh, that says at least we have at least one of these. Um, it is an area that seems to be impossible to consistently keep clean or organized. Common cleaning black holes named include closets, garages, and basements. Mine's my basement. Okay. My garage is okay, and I did that not that long ago, um, but the basement is the hole. Uh, when asked why the cleaning black holes exist, 34% said that they feel too overwhelmed or distracted to tackle them. 32% said their space is too small and 19% blame someone in the household causing too many messes. Uh, so we have, there's a couple of spots like this in my house. Are there? Yeah. So one of them is um, the office. We have, a, we have a designated office. It used to be my office. And then we found out I don't really do anything. In the office. And so, uh, yeah, so Rochelle has taken it over because she handles all of the business that is our family. All, all appointments, 
all all uh, payments, the things that allow you to live, all these things, the things that yeah that are required, that are life. yeah that adults do uh, for you to yeah. live. But that place is a it is a pit of just stuff that ends up there all the time, paperwork. Things it's it's there's actually beef on hooks. It's crazy. It's nuts. And we will every other year or something get in there and really clean it out. And then it just goes right back to it. I have to say in, in now that would have been true of the old house in in, uh, in Manion. But uh, uh, the, the house that we've been in for the past couple of years, we've managed to minimize the disaster room situation. Good. And now, mind you, we don't have kids. The cats, you know, there's so on and so forth. So the level of organization is actually pretty good, and we've minimized a few things. So, uh, yeah, I, I now, like, I'm a lunatic on freaking out with clutter and stuff like that. So, you know, I do the spring cleaning. I do all that crap. Like, I'm, I'm planning to do it because it just drives me crazy. And and having open floor space and not stuff stacked all over the place, I call it the Stockholm Syndrome over in Maniunk. It was like there'd be piles of stuff, but they'd be like stacked properly. So you, 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 really, we were just yeah. on the precipice of an episode of hoarders, and it, you know, and that's when you really have to reel it back in. Like you, Nick. So we have the um, uh, we have finished portion of the basement, and the unfinished portion. The unfinished portion is where things go to die. Yeah, that's it. You, it's just well, it's a mob scene, and every once in a while, like like just like the office, like every other year or so, I'll get it there and do a deep. Purge and clean. It doesn't last hardly at all. It just starts to add Does back it, up more like stuff. Like the second you're done? The second oh. you're done, right? It seems like yeah. it. Because yeah. Yeah, it's mean, a lot of work. It's like a week worth of work right. to get yeah, it done. And we, um, I do the laundry in the in the house, and I'm, I'm happy to do that. I don't mind that being my chore, but the laundry facilities are in the basement. So every time I go down there, I take a look around the basement, and I'm like, oh, I, can, I can get to the basement eventually. And I just... I let it go, and then I, it bothers me that when I walk back upstairs, but then I walk back upstairs, and it's behind me. Yeah, it's it's, it's underneath me. It. Yeah, I don't have to deal with it anymore. We don't spend any time in the basement, so why bother cleaning it? Yeah. Kathy, let I don't me... know what you guys are talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, what's your, your entire room? house antiseptically perfect, every room? Your basement's uh, a little cluttered, right? What about your chamber? It's... What about your dungeon? So, like, the office... Um... There's a, there's a, more things in there that I would like to be in there, but I don't have anywhere else to put them. Like Jace's musical instruments, he's got a keyboard in there, he's got two guitars, like so things like that. But it's not a mess, you know what I mean? I just I would I wish I had another room that could be the music room. I just don't. Um, closets, no, my closets are organized, and that is I think the when it gets to the point where it's almost not is when I start freak out cleaning. Um, which is like about once a month. I'll organize something once a month. You can imagine what that time period is once a month. But, I, uh, but whatever it is, I like, I'll just get so angry that I start organizing something. Um, as far as like where stuff goes to die, that would probably be my basement because my basement isn't finished. Um, however, like after Christmas, I organized everything. So everything went back down yeah. and is now like in bins and organized. I threw out I, the whole half of my basement probably about a year ago. I cleaned out and just got rid of stuff. So you like, threw out Dennis's stuff. <laughs> um, I got rid of so much crap that was not mine. I, but, I, but even stuff that I, I didn't use, like... Um, I had a lot of like um, uh, if I, I entertain at my house, yeah. but things that were I just was I wasn't using it. I don't use a cupcake display tray or Why a not? cake. To, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. See, we have. So, I think I have two of those. You know, so, maybe so, three. Preston, I had three cake displays. Like yeah. wh- 
Uh, when will I when ever do you serve ever use three that? You're not even a good cook. Let yeah. alone one. We've got so, the ones that that uh, to go to take them over to a, uh, somebody's house, house so they yes. can see how great they are. Those containers too. You so, need those. I kept my my cupcake to go in case uh, we get back to having parties at school and uh, Jace needs to take cupcakes to school or whatever. Right. It is. But anyway, I got rid of so much stuff. So um, I do. You said once a year. No way. I do it more often than once a year. We've got like four inflatable mattresses, three tents, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, coffee makers that we haven't used in 20 years. Well, there's a bread maker down there. There's a rotisserie oven. There's, um, I mean, it's just stuff. What about a yard you- sale? So Connor Barwin, he's talking about his yard sale. Do you guys do? Do you guys do yard sales at the uh, at the estate? I'd rather eat broken glass. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. Yes, yeah. it's the worst. No. Remember when I recently throw or- it away? Organized. Um, I didn't. It was stuff that was perfectly fine. I just didn't use it, and I left it. Remember on my neighbor's, my neighbor's For, doorsteps? Yeah. Yeah. Like some bizarre oh, Johnny apple seed. I didn't want to throw it out. Yeah. Didn't want to do the yard sale. Didn't feel like driving. Did you do the same with it. your garbage? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, well, it's garbage to me, but I don't know. Maybe you enjoy this. Hey, listen, everyone got something, right? right? Yeah. And listen, I'm a collector, too. I hang on to stuff. I mean, I, I definitely save sentimental things. Kathy's no. not into nope. that at all. I take a picture of it. Uh, but that's a good thing. That's what you can do. If mm-hmm. there are some things that, uh, that you've held on to forever for sentimental reasons and it's taking up space and you're not going to actually use it for anything or display it, you can take a picture yeah. of it and hang on to it that way and reminisce in that regard. And then you make a little gallery of all those things. You know what I found? Like, like uh, ashes of loved ones. Yes. Take a picture of the ashes and then throw it out. Throw them out. Stop. No, you know what I did find, though, in my clearing out is, um, and it's a small bin of Baby, Human teeth. No, baby girl clothes. And I opened it up. I'm like, why are there baby girl clothes in my basement? I'm looking through it. They were mine. My oh. mom My mom gave me a bin when she moved out of our house that we grew up in. And it had... Uh, Did you try anything on? No, but oh. it had um, a little uh, clown costume that my grandmother, who died when I was a baby, that she had uh, made for me. She she sewed it for me. It was like my first costume ever. It's my ever. greatest desire that you become a clown. <laughs> it was my Italian grandmother, yes. Uh. Um, so that was pretty cool. And I was a little sentimental. I didn't. I wasn't going to throw that out. No, at Not- all? What do you mean? You didn't throw it out yet. You, no, you I, have held on. She burned I kept it. it. Yeah. Okay. No. It was, yeah. Like <laughs> honestly, there's a rag to clean up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clean up around the house. No, with. it really is the only thing that because my grandmother God died damn, when this I was clown very outfit young. Really picks up dirt. No, so it's the only thing that I have from her. So okay. All right. I can understand. So, so yeah, I. Uh, it's so stupid to talk about. You know that that you you. I get psychotic at a certain point about you know about. The clutter drives me crazy, but my wife and I have paired it up pretty nicely. She has her strike uh, force capabilities, and I have mine. And we work together, and and our thing is, the edict is, is if we haven't used it in six months, throw it out. Uh, By the way, a high number, 88% said that they have at least one junk drawer, and 35% actually find a specific drawer that they name the junk drawer uh, when they move someplace new. So, yeah, definitely. Do you have a junk? You probably don't, do you? No, remember, I posted a picture. This was a couple of years ago. I I organize my junk drawer every couple of months, for sure. Okay. When it starts to get messy, I need to organize it. Additionally, 49% say they have a laundry chair. A laundry chair. Yes, yeah. where the oh. dirty clothes seem to land. I can't do that. Like, that's where I, my OCD kicks in. Like, I, it has chair. to be put away. It can't, you know, dirty clothes get in the laundry basket and clean clothes get put away. My- do you guys have a uh, a well in your basement where you low, low, lower lotion down into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, 38% say family. they have a paper pile that needs to be sorted. Yeah, yeah. we have that. And 24% say they have a junk bowl or junk dish 
for extra sets of keys or other items. I definitely have that. I have a basket. Too. You have a basket, yeah, kind of a like, jump basket. You just toss stuff in there. No, not just any stuff, <laughs> Preston. It's uh, wallet keys and things like that. Chargers, so the chargers aren't because hang- mm. our our uh, outlets are underneath the cabinet. So if it's left plugged in, then the wire hangs down. So that has to get unplugged to be put in the basket. And then if you need a charger, you can plug put it, it in. under the basket. Put mm-hmm. it right. in the basket. Don't let the wire hang. <laughs> <laughs> That's my house. Uh, that must be fun. <laughs> The the other the other uh, black hole the other cleaning black hole in my house is the kitchen sink. I mean, we have five people, and it's just it's constantly. And I've lately been militant about the dishes and getting them done. And I want this to be empty all the time. Doesn't freaking matter. We are doing dishes constantly. All the time, all day long, every day. It drives me crazy. Well, how often do you run the dishwasher? I hate it. Uh, at least once a day, at least. All right. So um, sometimes twice. My wife it, it keeps the kitchen. It's 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 wonderful. A great great job. The one thing is, <laughs> stuff will sit next to the sink. So yeah. she likes to prep it. I'm like, just put it in the sink and then take it out when you're ready. Because I, I can't stand it's 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 like is it's, it dirty it's, or it's clean like, next to the sink. Well, it's it's dirty and it's waiting oh. to be cleaned. And I'm like, oh, so it doesn't until go until it's you're gonna clean it. Just put it in the sink so it's below eyesight level. And I, you know, it, look at how how what's what's become of my life that I worry about this. But it looks like the saddest line in the world of dirty cups waiting to go into the sink. <laughs> but does she is she hand washing them or putting them in a dishwasher? And what we and the dishwasher, she has some things that she specifically likes to hand wash, and I, you know, and then I realize what has my life become? <laughs> what exactly. Am I, rock and roll. Well, listen, you're not alone. According to the survey, eighty percent of Americans say they have at least one cleaning black hole in their home, one spot for whatever reason. Everything ends up there. It's either clutter or it's messy, and you just can't get it straightened out all the time. So you're not alone, my friend. Not at all. Take comfort. Uh, we have a guest who is on the line. This is a last-minute addition to our interviews, and we would talk to this guy anytime. Yes, yeah, absolutely. He's been in so many great movies and TV shows Yeah, throughout the years, obviously. But he's on to talk about uh, season two of Virgin River, which is on Netflix. Uh, please welcome Mr. Tim Matheson yeah. uh, to the show this morning. Good Tim. morning, Preston and Steve. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, sir? Doing very well. Thank you. Excellent. Listen, uh, it's great to have something on Netflix uh, these <laughs> days. I was just reading some stats about streaming wow. and Netflix in particular just uh, being through the roof. So that's a, that's a good spot to land, sir. You know, it's just it was it's the first streaming show I'd ever done, and and it's it's amazing because it it premieres all over the world on the same day, right? And all of a sudden, I'm getting calls and emails and texts from uh, Italy and and Brazil and France and all over you know Canada and America, and it's uh, especially and. It, my wife is Italian Canadian, so we have a lot of relatives in Italy, and some, you know, they'll send us clips of me in Italian. <laughs> Somebody dubbed me out. That's cool. It's, it's just, it's, it's remarkable. I, I have to profess, so I'd, I'd seen the the listing for it, and, and I'm I'm not uh, familiar. I will get familiar with it. So explain to us what Virgin River is about. Virgin River is the story of a. Um, a young nurse practitioner from Los Angeles who suffered a, a tragedy in her life. And so she moves from Los Angeles to Northern California, a small town, and, and trying, thinking it'll, it'll be calmer and more peaceful and she can pull her life back together and it'll be a simpler life. And life in a small town isn't quite that simple for Melissa no, Monroe, no. who's a, 
the character, you know. <laughs> and you're 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 a doctor as well on the show. Yeah, right? I'm the uh, I'm Doc Mullins, this like uh, grumpy old doc who's been here for you know thirty years, and all of a sudden in comes this woman who's been hired, unbeknownst to me, to be you know uh, like a co-worker in my uh, in my clinic, and uh, we at first we don't really get along very well. So you're a doctor. <laughs> I thought you were pre-law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pre-med, what's the difference? <laughs> well, I have watched the show. I'm, I'm already finished uh, season two. But what I found very interesting and kind of had to wait a little bit through season one was to understand your relationship with the woman that plays your wife on the show. Oh, yes, yes. Annette O'Toole plays uh, Hope McRae, yes. Who is the mayor? She's the mayor of this little town, yeah. But, like, at first um, you don't it, even realize you guys are married. I know, I know. They wanted to let it be a slow reveal, and um, it's uh, it's it's a complex, long-term relationship, and and um, there were some broken promises and bridges in our past that he's still trying to repair. You know. Well, there's there's a, there's an interesting dynamic to small town stuff, and you know, people a lot of a lot of times you'll hear people say, "I want to get away from the the complexities of a." A city and 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 there's you know the macro versus the micro and a lot of times it's just yeah. there there are a whole host of other issues that occur when a smaller group of people knows exactly what's going on with your life and and you have to deal with that those nuances uh, what what drew you to the part and and the whole co- the whole concept well you know uh i i just love the idea of it being a small town and yeah. and, and the because it's it's kind of old fashioned in that way. It's like Mayberry, you know, yeah. from Andy Griffith's show. It's it's a it is that, but in a small town, no one's invisible. You can be invisible in Philly, you know, in Philadelphia, New York, or uh, Boston. You you can walk down the street, you don't know anybody, you don't run anybody you know, and and you can pr- pretty much get away with doing anything you want to do. But in a small town, everybody knows what you're doing. And for it's, I, I like the the aspect of being a doctor is you're you're treating people that you know know well, yeah, and care about. And so it's more right. intense, you know? Yeah, there's a lot. There, there's a heightened level of intensity when you're going to kill quite possibly your neighbor if you don't call it right. Yes, yeah. exactly right. <laughs> and the responsibility is increased. Yes, the onus is on you to get it right. Uh, but I, I just have to say, and just by happenstance, we did not know we, you were, we were having you on, but last night I watched a very Brady sequel, which you're in. Oh yeah, and uh, I, you're great in that. It's such a fun movie. Uh, did you any memories from that movie in particular? Because those two movies were such a tonally correct uh, porting of this TV series to the the big screen. Anything you remember from working on that film? Well, yeah, because at the time, one of the weirdest things was at the time they were still showing the Brady Bunch on TV, and I could be sitting out in my trailer watching on the television there watching the Brady Bunch, the original one, and then walk on the set that we were shooting on, and there's the house. (laughs) It's exactly the same as it was 25 years before when, you know, and it was like, oh, my God. It was was really an out-of-body experience. But plus Gary um, Cole and, uh, you know, was... Well, you know, and it was it was wonderful, and, and the cast was incredible, and and it had just the perfect tone, making fun and mocking um, what 
that how corny they were and yet how dear they were, you know. And, yeah, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. I also have to ask you. I know we have just a, a bit of time with you because uh, um, you 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 did extensive uh, work with National Lampoon and obviously the magazine and then the company and, and Animal House. Tony Hedra just passed. Um, did you oh, work? I know. Did you work closely with him? Did you know him? No, no. I I met him and I talked to him because there was a point when uh, we were uh, me and a. A group had approached me to take over the National Lampoon to try and revitalize the magazine, and um, the first person we went to was Tony, you know, to try and, you know, but he was then working with Spy Magazine, so um, he was sort of uh, out of our reach. Because, right. But he was one of the original great voices of the Lampoon, and, and spent, you know, during their, I guess, you know, the, the best years of the early Lampoon, and, and he was he was very talented and very funny. Yeah, it was a sad loss. Those guys were amazing. Yeah, I mean, groundbreaking. It, yeah. 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 Um, Tim, if, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to go even uh, way, way back in your career. Uh, I'm such a fan of, of Johnny Quest, and I, I own all of the... I have all the DVDs, and I, I did not know as uh, until years and years and years later after being a fan... That you were the voice of Johnny Quest, and how old were you when you got that gig? I was fifteen, and and because uh, I remember it was like the f- real big deal for me was I turned sixteen while we were recording it, and I got to drive to work myself. You know? Wow! Wow! <laughs> I'm an adult. This is I'm a, I, really, but you know it was it was great because I was you know I was just getting little day jobs here and day jobs there. I went in and I auditioned for this voice thing. I, I recorded something in a studio. I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't hear anything for months and months. And then all of a sudden, we had heard that it sold. And then I started going into these recording sessions with these incredible, wonderful voice actors, the you know Dawes Butler and Don Messick and yeah. Alan you know, Reed and, and June Foray. And the best, the most... You know, incredible one was Mel Blanc, who did all of the you know Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny, and Daffy Duck, and Wild yeah. Coyote, and, and and so I got to work with those guys and, wow. and gals, and it was like it was an amazing education. That's pretty amazing. June Foray would be, I think, if you're going to you know put up in the uh, uh, the the uh, on the on the female side a voiceover artist, she was involved with yep. so yep. much stuff. She'd be close. She'd be in the Mel Blanc territory. Sure. Yeah. Sure, and th- these people could create a character without any physicality. I mean, that all of a sudden, just through their voice, you could see the image of the character. And oftentimes, what they do is they show them a picture, you know, a drawing of what the character was going to look like, and then they would create a voice that just fit that that drawing. And it was like it, it was watching. It was like watching a magic act. They were just awesome. It's wow. very cool. Well, we, we've we've uh, read that the third season of. Uh, Virgin, uh, Virgin River has been uh, okayed by Netflix, so if people are interested in jumping Absolutely. in and getting involved with the series, it's, it's, the story's continuing. And uh, and so, have you started work on that third season? Um, we're we're gonna we're begin uh, shooting soon, and uh, so yeah, we're looking forward to that. And we, we we have a wonderful cast, and we all love each other, and, and it's really it's one of those rare things where you just have people that you can just. Uh, spend all day with and all, you know, month after month with and, and really um, and, and really dig it, you know. That's nice. awesome. Excellent. Well, listen, congratulations on the success, Tim. We're huge fans. And uh, keep rocking. We'll, we'll catch you sometime soon, okay? Crush and Steve, thank you very much. Anytime. Tim Madison, yeah. guys. Yeah. I love him. I love yeah. it. I, 
I love the sound of his voice. Yeah. It's Tim uh, Anderson. It's, it's Otter. It's his Otter. Yes. Yeah. And and then looking at all the other things that I honestly I'd forgotten about that you know he's in Fletch. Yeah. You know he's in, he's in, like you said a very uh, uh, Brady sequel. He's yeah. he was in tons of shows uh, throughout the years. He was on things like Leave It to Beaver and My Three Sons and Night Gallery and all those seventy shows, uh, which is great. Yeah. You know, there's in case you, we we want a collection of names when people call in. Yeah. There is, and I was watching the movie, and there is I forgot this scene. It's hilarious when. Marsha and uh, Greg are realizing that they're sexually attracted to each other. Yeah. And, yes, 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 Greg. Greg. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. And he's got like 50 credits before Animal House. You yes. know? Yeah, it's yeah. just... It's really remarkable. Well, and when he you was start the, working when you're 15, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he did work before that. I mean, he, like Preston mentioned, Leave it to Beaver and My Three Sons and things like that. But, I mean, he was on the West Wing for, uh, I don't know, seven or eight years. You know, it's just he never stops working. It's really, he, his whole life has been dedicated to acting. He played Aunt B on, uh, on uh, yeah. uh, Andy Mayberry. Yeah, wow. He's good. I had no idea. That guy can pull that off. He's like like an 18-year-old man. I Stevie go. was in the Goldbergs. Was he? Yeah, he did an episode where they did a tribute to Animal House. Okay. That's right. That's yes. Cool. All right, well, listen, folks, we need to take a break. But now before we reward you, I have a $50 Acme gift card. Have you heard that our lounge right outside of our studio here is now sponsored by Acme? It is now known as the Acme Lounge. Yay! We're pretty excited about that. They brought by some goodies for us to eat and some goodies for you to win. A $50 Acme gift card. Caller number 10. It's yours, 215-263-WMMR. And don't forget, when you play Monopoly at Acme, every ticket wins an offer, a prize, or tokens for sweepstakes. Download the app to play. No purchase necessary. See the rules at shopplaywin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of the promotion. And Acme, of course, the official supermarket of the President Steve Show. Coming back in a moment with the B-Files. Stay there. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Brett Talley. Brett Talley, your local shots artist of the month. Check him out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. Would love to share some stories with you. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Finally. Brought to you this morning by Royal Farms. Fresh, uh, real fresh, real fast. You can start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. And it's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world and freshly ground just seconds before serving. All right, we're going to do this story. This is kind of I, I saw that this was developing, and unfortunately it ended the way I hoped it wouldn't, but uh, some interesting circumstances. The National Park Service said that they believe that they have found the body of a missing Kentucky man in the Grand Canyon. Uh, personnel located a body and a motorcycle below the South Kebab trailhead of the Grand Canyon after a multi-day search. Officials said that the person is being uh, is believed to be John Pennington, who is 40 years old of Walton in northern Kentucky. Uh, Pennington had been missing since February 23rd. I saw the initial report when he was yes. missing. Uh, the identification was based on evidence found with the body. The body was found 465 feet below the rim and was taken out by helicopter. Uh, he was believed to have entered the Grand Canyon on or about February 23rd and abandoned his personal vehicle, a park spokesman, spokesman did not 
immediately responded to inquire, but they're curious as to, so, so they found the motorcycle with him down that far. Right. If he purposely drove off into the canyon. I've never heard of anybody, like, driving no. a vehicle no. off the edge of a canyon. I've heard of people falling or yes. committing suicide, but never someone, I mean, that's... That's a pretty badass way to that go is, out. That's you, a Thelma and decide, Louise moment. If you have yeah. decided to, to end it, you know, that would, if you're going to take your own life, it's riding a motorcycle into the Grand Canyon. There's no chance you had it delivered to him at the bottom, right? Not, I, I, you I, know I, what? I don't yeah. know what their options Just, are. So. If, if you wow. do decide to check out and you want to go out in style, like a Thelma Louise, Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. motorcycle's pretty cool. Though. That is pretty cool. Not yeah. that I encourage that. And no. I, I think you should talk to people before you go there. Of course. Uh, So the Dallas Police Department allowed an officer to continue patrolling for more than a year while investigating whether he ordered two people to be killed because they didn't want to tip him off. Former police chief uh, Hugh Renee Hall, who left the department at the end of 2020, said the decision not to place Officer Brian Reiser on leave uh, was made in conjunction with federal law enforcement and the Dallas County uh, District Attorney's Office. Riser, after he had threatened to kill two people? No, no, no. He killed two people. He killed two people. Riser was arrested Thursday on two counts of capital murder. Huh. Uh, he was being held on $5 million bond. But they didn't, they suspected him and they had a case against him, but they left, he kept working for a year <laughs> Before they pulled the trigger on it. We're waiting for something bigger to break. Uh, new police chief Eddie Garcia said that uh, someone came forward in 2019 told police that he had kidnapped and killed two people mm-hmm. in separate attacks. Uh, Garcia said neither killing was connected to Riser's police work, but the investigators were still trying to determine the motives. Uh, Garcia, who became chief in the last month, didn't explain why Riser was arrested nearly 20 months after the witness came forward. And this one's a head-scratcher. And police declined to answer subsequent questions about the timing. Both victims were shot and their bodies were dumped into the Trinity River. Maybe so, this in, wow. this uh, paperwork ended up in that black hole room yeah, inside the, the precinct. cleaning yeah. black hole in the precinct. That Look what had. I found. We should have we should have acted on this a while ago. It was ago. on the laundry Guy. chair. How was <laughs> I supposed to know where that was? It was underneath your stinky jeans. Uh, one of the teens convicted of stabbing a classmate to please Slenderman. You remember this? Yes. Uh, is expected to ask for release from a Wisconsin mental health facility. Uh, don't do that. Anissa Weir, who is 19, is scheduled to appear before the Waukesha County Circuit Court judge, who earlier sentenced her to 25 years in a mental health institution and asked for her conditional release. Uh, Weir has spent more than three years at a mental health institute after pleading guilty to attempted second-degree homicide and a jury found her not criminally responsible due to the mental disease in the stabbing that nearly killed Peyton Lautner. Uh, Weir and Morgan Geyser lured their friend into the woods following a sleepover. Geyser stabbed Lautner 19 times as Weir encouraged her, leaving the girl to die. All three girls were 12 years old at the time, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, they told investigators they committed the crime to appease Slenderman. Uh, we received the maximum sentence after more than three years of mental evaluations. I'm, I'm really good now. I'm okay now. Uh, Judge Michael Boren will determine whether Weir still poses a significant risk of bodily harm to herself or to others. Wow. I've even met a girl, Annabelle. She's a doll. <laughs> that was a freaky story. Yeah, man. Jesus. A man suspected of DUI has been arrested after crashing his van and didn't really try to hide the fact that he may have had too much to drink. Deputies were called after receiving 911 calls reporting a van had smashed into several parked cars. They found the driver still there who admitted to deputies he had just come from a local bar and also had been uh, talking on the phone. Reeking of alcohol, 
and failing a preliminary breath test, the driver was asked by deputies to rate his level of intoxication on a scale from 1 to 10, with 0 being completely sober and 10 being the most intoxicated he had ever been. Uh, the driver rated himself as a 12. Ah, well, honesty. To the office, yes. Oh. I'd, I'd say like L. Uh, he was given a blood draw. and they, they booked him into the county jail facility. But rarely do you hear of someone admitting Beyond the amount. I see no reason to lie. Mm-hmm. All right, then we'll probably have time for this one more. A teen who had experienced years of nasal congestion, along with a mysterious foul odor when he blew his nose. Oh, no. Turned out to have a BB gun pellet oh, lodged in his nose, <laughs> which had been there for about eight years. We hear the, about that stuff like this all the time. It becomes yeah. sort of like part of their... F- it grows into their body. This one has an interesting detail to it. So the teen first visited doctors for his symptoms when he was 15 years old. He said he had experienced congestion for several years along with a reduced sense of smell. There's something wrong with my nose. Doctors examined the inside of the teen's nose uh, with an endoscope, and they saw that he had a so-called uh, turbinate uh, hypertroph- hypertrophy or an enlargement of narrow passageways called turbinates in the nose. Now, this condition can sometimes be caused by seasonal allergies or sinus inflammation. Doctors prescribed him a nasal spray and antihistamine medication, told him to come back in four to six weeks. But the teen did not return until one year later when he was 16, and he was still experiencing nasal symptoms. But now, when he blew his nose, a pungent, foul odor oh, would, fill, would fill the room. Oh, oh man. Why did you? Why did he wait that long? The patient reported that he didn't feel that he had bad breath, but please just fart. He was embarrassed that every time he blew his nose, there was a foul odor. Oh my god! Doctors then performed a CAT scan, and they saw that there was a nine millimeter spherical structure in his nasal cavity, which looked like a foreign body. The teen underwent surgery to remove the object, which turned out to be a metallic BB pellet. A talk with the teen's family revealed. Uh, that he'd been shot in the nose of pellet gum when he was about eight or nine years old. At the time, the boy hadn't experienced symptoms, so his parents uh, had not sought medical care. Uh, apparently, foreign objects lodged in the nose can sometimes cause a foul order because the foreign body causes blockage of natural drainage pathways in the nose. So there's a buildup of mucus, inhaled debris, and bacteria. Wow. And that is what happens That's disgusting. to this kid. Yep. Yeah. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, I'm going to give away the last one of these. I have a $50 gift card for uh, our friends at Acme who now are the official name sponsors of the Acme Lounge, which is adjacent to the Preston and Steve studio. It's this beautiful facility we have. It's a waiting room for people who are either going to come in on the show as guests or just people who are visiting. And also, it's where we serve up our food for our meat needs. It's perfect because they can always cater it. Yes, they we can. We can just keep asking for things from them. And we appreciate their sponsorship because uh, it's a great partnership that we have. It's uh, great. At Acme. So uh, let's ca- take call number 17 at 215-263-WMMR. $50 Acme market gift card is yours. Don't forget when you play Monopoly at Acme, every ticket wins an offer, a prize, or tokens for sweepstakes. Uh, download the app to play. No purchase necessary. See rules at shopplaywin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. And, of course, Acme is the official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. Going to take a break. Come back with a lesson question. Stay close. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them, too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Kathy, Marissa, I just want to say I appreciate you guys. <laughs> it's International Women's Day today. Yes, it is. Yes. 
What do we do on International Women's Day other than just say, thanks, ladies? I exchange think... gifts. Yeah. Yes. Did... Where's my present? You get women gifts. Surprise later on. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, we just wait, wait, and then on Christmas, you're going to get it. <laughs> Uh, nothing. You just, you know, acknowledge the women in your life. Okay. Yeah. And therefore, we should definitely do that. And buy us gifts. <laughs> and buy it. <laughs> I think that's only fair, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, no, I'm I'm delighted for the ladies in my life. It's uh, very, very important to have strong female roles, uh, whether they be friends or your spouse or whatever. You know, it's awesome. Hookers. Hookers are oh. great, too. I mean, they're awesome. women, too. Yeah. Wackadoo, wackadoo. They work hard for their money. Absolutely. So hard for it, honey. And in fact, the station posted a picture of four of our ladies. I assume they just went with people who work on air, on air staff. So it's you and Marissa and uh, Robin and Sarah. Uh, Great uh, pictures. You guys take those specifically? No, that that yours is from the MMRBQ. Yeah, I think she just grabbed some pictures that uh, from Brian, Coors Photography. Well, Mm -hmm. most of them. I don't know about Marissa's. Hers looks like a selfie. (laughs) What? No, I, that wasn't mean. I know. Oh. It's just like, that was so mean. We, just, we slummed it for Marissa and so grabbed mean. one of her she selfies. Did, she made the collage. Oh, she and, did? Yes. Okay. So I guess you're the, uh, <laughs> you're the, you're the Kate and she's the Megan. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh. Well, happy International Women's Day. And in fact, wasn't that one of our favorite moments from Deadpool was on International Women's Day, right? Well, uh, I don't, what part are you talking <laughs> you know, they're, about? They're going through, at the beginning, there is their relationship is, oh, is yeah, happening, yeah, yeah, and yes. they're going through the year, and, and there's Thanksgiving, the, uh, and, and uh, It's yeah. the main reason I haven't showed that movie to my son. I know, you know what? My, <laughs> strap on. I, and uh, my daughter had been wanting to see uh, Deadpool, and I'm finally, fine, let's watch it. Okay. I'm like, you're, you're old. She, you, she's almost 14 years old. I'm like, it's it's good. And it came to that part, and we just we just let it slide, you yeah. know. Was, you didn't go, hey, hey, look at me over here. No, 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 no. It's so funny. What a different line. What, growing up, my dad would be, hey, hey, look at this. Watch the TV <laughs> Can right you now. What she's doing? He's using a strap on that guy's butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, kids, cookie time. Yeah. Uh, so happy International mm-hmm. Women's Day, guys. Let her do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's only fair. Pegging, nope. I think, is, uh, uh, yeah. is, is the reference. Yeah. yeah. Not right. docking, sir. So we're going to do the lesson. No. Yeah. No? Yes. 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 Lesson question. No. All right. No. And we are yeah. going to give away uh, a $100 cash prize. Pretty sweet deal. It's 100 bucks. Question that I ask for you this morning is, how do I, how do you pronounce that? Pegging. Blumming. Blumming. Oh. Uh, <laughs> people who do blumming take what supplement daily? <laughs> Two one five two six three WMMR. Did this happen during a commercial or yeah, after the commercial? Um, it was after the commercial. Okay. It was a mistake that you made in reference to a mistake that Casey made. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I said blumming. What was I trying to say? Plumbing. Plumbing. Yeah. People people who do blumming take what supplement daily? Two one five two six three WMMR. And that was from a flub that Casey had in a uh, commercial earlier this morning. All right, we're gonna do uh, the trash while you're calling in. Here we go. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Royal Farms. Real fresh, real fast. Start each morning with a hot, fresh cup of Royal Farms coffee. Uh, it's made one cup at a time from the finest coffee beans in the world and freshly ground just seconds before serving. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Queen Elizabeth did not stay up to watch the Oprah Winfrey interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle last night. Her Majesty was reportedly tuckered out from her long afternoon of freehand fishing for snapping turtles. Oh, God. 
Yay! <laughs> By the way, I did research, and there are snapping turtles in England. Oh, good. <laughs> and to make sure the joke had legitimacy. Right. Kanye West scoring yet another success with his latest Yeezy 450 in-cloud white shoes, completely selling out in under one minute. <laughs> The Easy 450 is described as favoring fashion over function and is the perfect shoe for anyone looking to become a paraplegic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen these shoes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're ridiculous. Yeah. They're bizarre looking. They look like a flower. They do. After numerous incidents and numerous warnings, Entourage star Kevin Connolly's Tesla was towed from a flower shop, prompting the diminutive actor to throw a tantrum. The manager of Bergman Flowers was not having any of it, though, and reportedly told Connolly to go get his mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Hollywood trash. All right, to the phones we go. We'll see if somebody knows the answer to this. Uh, people who do blumbing uh, take what supplement supplement daily? 215-263-WNMR. I'm going to go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how you doing, bud? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. People who do blumbing take what supplement daily? Vitamins. 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 You like vitamins. Hang on, Kevin. But with less V. Yeah. (laughs) Vitamins. All right. We're going to give you a $100 cash prize. You can click contestwmmr.com to enter to win $500 by uploading a photo of your unusual talent and then check out Game of Talents, a new series where two teams must figure out the Hidden Talents of Mystery Performers, premiering this Wednesday, right after The Masked Singer, and that's on Fox 29. May I point out something? Certainly. Kathy is eating out of an Iron Man bowl. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only one that was <laughs> clean. <laughs> it's Tupperware. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's got Iron Man on it. Even when you resist. <laughs> it gets you. Uh, yes, I bought these a few years ago uh, for Jason's lunches, and uh, this was the only thing that was available. Kathy, <laughs> so... what's the name of the character inside the Iron Man suit? Come on. Who, who is Iron Man? Who is the man who is Iron Man? Peter Parker. No, I'm kidding. I know that that's, <laughs> yeah, I know that that's Superman. Spider-Man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know this? who. I don't know. Tony Stark. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah no, I don't know. Yes, really. Okay. <laughs> yes, really. All right, well, one step at a time. We got the bowl. Eventually, yeah. we'll get all the characters. Absolutely. Now, right. we're like on our way out of this. Jace is like no, you're not. on his way out of <laughs> no, superheroes. He, he, he may, he may, he may take a pause for a yeah. moment, but he'll, he'll be back. No, he'll yeah. just move okay. to different superheroes that he'll yeah. All right, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. All right, today's music news brought to you by Salus University. Salus University offers some of the fastest growing and highest paid uh, health professions in the country, including optometry, audiology, and speech language pet- pathology. Mm. Did I say speech? Speech. It's our planet. It's our indispeace. Give him a call, Preston. Uh, seriously, <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. clearly in need yes, of treatment. You just said speech instead of speech. Can you help me? Speech language pathology. Salus <laughs> University, the future. You say I'm taking my vitamins. <laughs> the future of health science since 1919, and you can apply it uh, to apply. Visit salus.edu. Okay. Uh, let's go with the Grammy performers. Taylor Swift, Billie Eilish, and Cardi B will perform at the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards. Record uh, Recording Academy announced uh, the full lineup on Sunday. Additional acts include Bad Bunny, Black Pumas. We run into zoo here with it. Okay, uh, <laughs> BTS. Oh, uh, yep, they'll be there. Brandy Carlile, Da Baby, Da Baby, Doja Cat, Doja Cat, uh, Mickey Goyton, Kaim, 
uh, Brittany Howard, Gurf Tankleman, Miranda Lambert, Lil Baby, Dua Lipa, Chris Martin, John Mayer, Megan The Stallion, uh, Maren Morris, Post Malone, Roddy Rich, and Harry Styles. I'll be curious to see how this does ratings wise because all the award shows were in decline prior to COVID and then just got their proverbial award show asses kicked because everything's virtual and not quite, you know. The normal way of seeing it. Well, how are they handling this? I mean, because normally the Grammys is full of onstage you know, performances. performances. Are they yep. going to do that? I don't know Because most of these other ones have just been people at their house, except yeah. in the awards. And so... We'll see. I don't see them sitting in their well, living room, you know, doing an acoustic I tell you the thing they, of their song. They won't do, which is something that I love that they do, is when they do, like, they, they, they did the tribute to, uh, the you know, the Beatles, and they did the yeah. tribute to the uh, Bee Gees and all that stuff. Yeah, and then they'll get, they'll get you know, um, uh, groups, uh, like yeah. super groups together, right. a whole bunch of different people to perform together. Like so, Tony Stark. I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, the event will pay tribute to the uh, independent venues, uh, which have been greatly impacted uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, day-to-day workers, like bartenders... Box office, man- box office managers from the uh, the Troubadour, the Hotel Cafe, the Apollo Theater, and the Station Inn will represent or will present various categories throughout the night. Uh, it's hosted by Trevor Noah, and it will be on Sunday the 14th, so this coming Sunday, and that will be at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Seether is the focus of a new exhibit at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as part of their popular Right Here, Right Now display. It features... Curated items from throughout the band's 20-year career includes Sean Morgan's signature green acoustic guitar, his Finding Beauty in Negative Spaces era red and black sweater, handwritten lyric sheets for Seether hits Broken and Dangerous, and a set list from their 2005 Karma and Effect tour. Um, And he said about the exhibit, uh, Growing up on a pig farm in South Africa, I had many dreams of being a rock star in America, something that was deemed impossible at the time. I clung to the dream even more tightly with every comment from every naysayer. And after many years, shows, and numerous different bands, the impossible uh, became reality in 2000. It is such an incredible honor to be recognized by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and to be included in an exhibit amongst so many incredibly talented musicians, many of whom inspired me as a young boy. I feel so humbled and grateful for this opportunity that it is difficult to express. That's pretty cool. He's also in the Pig Farm Hall of Fame, too, as well. So that's another, two honors. Yeah, another feather in his cap. Other acts featured in the Right Here, Right Now display include Billie Eilish, Lady Gaga, Harry Styles, the Alabama Shakes, Taylor Swift, Lumineers, Casey Musgraves, and The Weeknd. Former Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum will publish his autobiography titled Double Talkin' Jive, True Rock and Roll Stories from the Drummer of Guns N' Roses, The Cult and Velvet Revolver. It's coming out in September. Uh, the book was co-written by Leif Erikson and Martin Svensson uh, with a forward by ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons. The book's title takes its name from Gunn's uh, 1991 track from Use Your Illusion 1 album. Uh, Matt was a member uh, from 1990 to 97 and went on uh, to drum in Slash's Snake Pit and also with Slash and Duff McKagan and, and Revolver. The press release says... Cocaine smuggling, shootouts, and never-ending decadent parties. Matt Sorum's Double Talk and Jive can almost be described as the autobiographical equivalent of the film Blow. But rather than becoming a premier drug smuggler, uh, Matt Sorum became a world-famous drummer in Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver, and the Colt. Uh, Sorum drops out of high school to become a drummer, but turns to selling pot to support himself and later smuggling large quantities of cocaine. Did not know that. Neither did I. Uh, Sorum's given a chance to play in the cult. He's finally able to make a living as a drummer. The very next year, Slash Duff McKagan 
uh, recruit Matt to join Guns N' Roses, and with that, Matt's life is transformed. That'll probably be a very interesting read. I know the baby was just busted with Similac. Wow. So. Well, you would expect <laughs> that. Kiss guitarist Tommy Thayer, speaking of babies, revealed on social media that he's connected with a daughter he never knew he had. Oh, boy. Thayer, who is now 60 and had been a part of Kiss family since late 1980s as a songwriter, musician, and documentarian, officially replaced Ace Freely in 2002. Thayer posted a photo of himself and daughter Sierra, writing, This is a big one. I've been waiting for the right time to tell everyone. My daughter Sierra and I were blessed to find each other last summer. We've already spent a lot of time uh, since getting to know each other and creating a close bond. She's a beautiful, sincere person, and I couldn't be happier. I think she feels the same about me. The most wonderful thing about miracles is that they sometimes happen. It's kind of adorable. He bought her a crib, which oh. she's sleeping in now. She's 31. <laughs> now, that's a really cool yeah. story. I like that. Uh, out now is live series, Songs Undercover Volume 2, Bruce Springsteen's sixth greatest hits collection from his officially sanctioned Archival live bootleg series. The new 15-track compilation features the boss over the years, both with and without the E Street Band, covering legendary rock, pop, and soul staples by David Bowie, Johnny Rivers, Jackie Wilson, The Birds, Creedence Clearwater Revival, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs, Bob Dylan, The Clash, Buddy Holly, Elvis Presley, The Eagles, and even Lord. He did a song Lord. Of, of Royals. Really? He did, did he? Cover uh, does it mention what Johnny Rivers song he does? Uh, I have the track listing, but it's on a different page, and I don't know. Steve, the so, hell with it, then. Uh, we'll have to look it up. Uh, Jackson Brown guest on two tracks, uh, Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs Stay from 1979's legendary No Nukes concert in New York City. And again, with Bonnie Raitt on a 1990 run-through of Bob Dylan's Highway 61 at the Christic Benefit in Los Angeles. Uh, so that is has just uh, been announced. Uh, Sting has rolled out a new solo virtual concert contest for a lucky fan around the release of his new Duets collection, which drops on March 19th. Duets feature Sting uh, teaming up with Mary J. Blige, Herbie Hancock, Eric Clapton, Annie Lennox, uh, and several other shaggy, a uh, bunch of people I've never heard of as well. Um, and uh, it, to celebrate the, the release, said to celebrate the release of Sting's new album, Duets, you could win the opportunity to receive a virtual Solo performance from Sting, filmed especially for this competition, along with a personalized shout-out from Sting himself. So uh, would, so Sting would not be live, but it would be a recorded performance yeah. exclusively for you. For you, yeah. Uh, to enter the competition, order any format of duets from the official store before 3 p.m. on Thursday, March 25th. And this is the ultimate keepsake to commemorate this 17-song collection featuring many of Sting's most beloved collaborations through the years. Congratulations on winning, Dave Frickard. And I hope you really enjoy. <laughs> That's probably how it'll be. <laughs> and one last thing. I did not listen to this yet, Steve. You had a copy, a cover of Foo Fighters did of Shadow Dancing. Yes. Andy Gibbs song? The Andy Gibbs song? And they, they recently did, uh, they did, uh, not Staying Alive, they did um, nice You Should Be Dancing. You Should Be Dancing, that's right. Yeah. And this is a pretty, uh, as with that, a pretty faithful cover. All right, I want to check this out. Here we go. And in this world of people,
Is that Dave on lead vocals? Yeah. Dave Grohl? I don't think that's Dave on lead vocals. I think that's Taylor. No, I think that's him. You might be right, Nick. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Yeah, that shows it. Well, they're both singing. Uh, so maybe he's doubling up at some point. Um, it does not sound like him on, on the main vocals. At the beginning? I yeah. thought it did. Hang on a second. Let's go back and re-examine. And in this world of people, there's a... Maybe not that one. That's not Only you and I. There ain't nothing come between us in the end. actually sounds a little tiny bit off key right there yeah that, taylor yeah. hawkins on lead vocals all right cool nice man uh do you uh, shadow dancing or i just want to be your everything they're both good uh, they're, I and they're more i just want to be your everything i, I, I just want to be your everything. as far as song i prefer yeah. yeah uh they were both written by barry Gibb. yeah man. yeah they were that's why yeah. they were hits yeah <laughs> you know no dummy yeah all right uh interesting yeah so that's uh that's taylor singing that cool and there you go. That's we're going to wrap music news right there, friends. Good stuff. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. We'll get that first letter of the day for the Word of the Week and 500 bucks to give it away for our Word of the Week prize. You know, Pierre's got it coming up, too. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Bruce Springsteen. The Pretty Reckless. They said the world does not Machine Gun Kelly. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Today. Greatest day you've ever known? I hope so. Wouldn't that be something? Today was the greatest day you've ever known. It's going to, it's so going to be a far. damn good week, I'll tell you that. Yeah, man, we got good weather. Uh, we have uh, sunny skies today, and we have a uh, paper crumpling Sounds like campfire, doesn't yeah. it? It does. Uh, but it gets even better. Tomorrow, 62. Same thing on Wednesday. Thursday, 66. And then maybe even near 68 degrees on Friday. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get a little bit back to normal after this. Uh, and could, you know, dip down to where the highs are going to be in the 40s. But just take this week and... Run with it. Rub it on your face. Run into the night. Mm-hmm. Wendy on the back of your motorcycle. I would like to thank Mr. Connor Barwin hey, for yeah. on the show. Connor Barwin's yard sale. And it's for the um, uh, his charity group, which is Make the World Better Foundation. Uh, and he's got all kinds of goods. He's, he's got really great um, sports memorabilia from his career and friends' careers. But... There's a lot of jokey, fun stuff in there, too. Something for everybody. And the bottom line is it all goes to a great cause. Yes. And, and this is to, to create uh, safe play spaces for kids. You've seen Connor. You know his track work. He's track invested. Record. He does all kinds of great stuff in the city. It's wonderful. So yeah. thank you, Connor Barwin. Did not know we were going to have Tim Matheson on today. Oh, cool. Yeah. We'll take it. And uh, he was promoting Virgin River, yeah. uh, which is on Netflix. And a uh, super nice guy. Talked a little bit of Animal House and... Johnny Quest and a few other things that he's uh, been in. Very Brady sequel. Yeah, Brady and all that. So it was cool to have him on. Uh, and then we had uh, Matt uh, McMillan yes. on earlier because Matt and his brother Ian officially received their nod from the Guinness Book of World Records for having the, the record for longest catch in a bun of a hot dog. And they did it. 
I think it was last, was it the year before? I don't know, it was a little while ago. It seems like years yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. But anyhow, they threw a hot dog and they caught it in a bun. And now they're in the Guinness Book of World Records. But there are all sorts of restrictions about the bun needed to, to stay intact and how large the hot dog could be. And, and that the ground had to be level. level. They had, they had yeah. to get uh, surveyors out and everything. And there's a lot of stuff you have to go through even to do something as goofy as that. So uh, it was really cool of him uh, to give us a call real quick. So thanks to those guys uh, for coming on the program this morning. Everybody, uh, Pierre Robert has made his way into the studio. That's a good sign as our day continues here. How you doing, man? Very well, thank you. How about you, kids? How about you? Good. Good. Well, International Women's Day, man. I couldn't be happier. Uh, me too. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the letter of the day? I do. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. W as in women. Huh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> we have one letter. We need five to win $500. Part of T-Mobile's uh, 5G Fridays, where T-Mobile is giving away 5Gs in the name of speed with the Preston and Steve show. For another shot of $500, you can click contest WMMR.com to enter to win one of five $500 online prizes. T-Mobile is the first to bring 5G speeds to cities and towns across America. Coverage and speed. Who says you can't have it all? T-Mobile, are you with us? Uh, what's shaking today, ma'am? Well, in honor of International Women's Day, we'd actually been planning this for a while. We're going to um, get a, a block. Actually, the whole hour and a half, maybe two hours, will all be different women of rock and roll. Nice. There are so many great ones. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll have some fun with that. Love it. Yeah. And uh, nice. Anything else? That's it. That's right, it. brother. Enjoy. Rock on. Have a great show. Me too. I'm going to thank our <laughs> sponsors, Preston Steve Show. Brought Pleased to, to meet you. Today nice to see you. By Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Fresh Flavors. Your hair. How have you been? Take a bath. Also brought to you by Zippy's Bikes in Wildwood. Yay! Hundreds of bikes in stock right now. Zippy'sBikes.com. And Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Uh, tomorrow's Tuesday. That means we will give away a free Preston and Steve tattoo. Make sure you don't miss your opportunity to win that. And we'll have a few other things to get through the morning as well. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Good morning, Preston and Steve. This is Jen from J&T Commercial Cleaning Services in Exton, PA. We are proud to be family-owned and operated. For over 10 years, J&T has been committed to providing our clients the utmost professional janitorial and commercial cleaning experience. J&T is your one-stop shop for all of your janitorial needs. Our idea of clean will exceed even yours. That's our promise. Visit us today at jntcleaningservices.com or follow us on Facebook. Next message. Hi, this is Karen of Sweetsboro Pastry Shop, located at 1302 Kings Highway in beautiful downtown Swedesboro, New Jersey. We are an old-fashioned European bakery with roots from Philadelphia and Germany. We specialize in quality baked goods from scratch, including custom cakes for all occasions. We are open seven days a week and can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Sweetsboro Pastry Shop. We hope to see you soon, and as always, have a sweet day. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.